And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, I mean, I know this is a little bit behind the scenes, and I'm going to bring this up right now. Mm-hmm. You look so unthrilled when you're making me wait for that. that <laughs> viewers of the videos later, he does a great job of editing. You're not going to see this. But if you watch this on a live episode, he just does this, like, like, like straight edge, kind of just... <laughs> and then wait for five seconds, and, and now we begin. <laughs> it's, it's just... It gives me somewhere to cut, you know what I mean? No, this way, and that's fine. Because sometimes the video messes yeah. up, and so when we get uh, uh, someone uh, something going on, we lose uh, time. And so it's literally when you're starting on the audio side of things, uh-huh. it's like writing the music, everyday board games. It's not yeah. even the welcome anymore, so I had to fix that. No, and, and it makes perfect sense. I get the editing part of it. It's just it cracks me up, your expression that was on it. Now, and that, I, answer your question, Mario, it's Grogu. Mario Fanatics, welcome to the podcast today. Um, hope Let us know your thoughts on the topic later on as well. But yeah, I mean, I just wanted to point that out because it just cracked me up and threw me off a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's something I've seen many times. I was watching and you were just looked so unthrilled at this moment. Yeah. Absolutely funny. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just watching the timer. That's all I'm doing. I'm no. sorry I have RBF. It just it no, happens. No, no, no. <laughs> I am not implying that. I'm just saying that, that you're asking... Uh, RG, uh, R, <laughs> RBF, RBGF, you know, <laughs> resting board game face. Right? There you go. So uh, <laughs> we're going to start something off a little different today. Uh, normally, this is going to air. This is going to be one of our Christmas episodes or just holiday episodes because one of them is going to be around New Year's time. Yep. Uh, this will air next week on the fourth of December. What's also that week? Um, that's my brother's birthday. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is actually the 4th of December. How uh, crazy. All right. Yeah, How yeah. old is he going to be now? Let's I see don't here. know. He's going to be... But it's also someone's birthday later in that week. Wait a minute. So... No. Hold on. We did not plan anything. About Happy that. birthday. Okay. So, let's give some context first. <laughs> why you're giggling like a madman right now. <laughs> so, you know very well that I do not celebrate my birthday. Yep. And I know you brought this out on camera just to make just to mock me about it. Well, then you gotta open it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just not have it. Well, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. It's right up your alley. Let me tell you. I mean, it's right up something. No, um, right, let's see what this is. All right, thank you. <laughs> You're I'll welcome. It's to... for me and the wife. Okay. Well, let's see here. All right. Here we go. Let's set this aside. All right. Viewers at home. <laughs> all right, all right. I got to put this on camera. There's no way you're not. I play board games for you. Which which, uh, which ones are these? Hold on. All day, every day. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, once we saw that, we are like, we have to get that for him. Yeah, well, you know, I'm definitely going to be wearing this to the next demo night. That's pretty good. Maybe even on one of my next podcasts. Thank you, sir. Not a problem. How dare you do that again? (laughs) How dare you? Well, that's certainly appreciative of it. Plus, forcing you to do it on camera, you actually have to open it. And I have to to be nice about it. No, I I, I just, I've never been one to celebrate my birthday. So, like, yeah. Yeah. But I appreciate it. Thank you. Not a problem. All right. Well. 
I, how do I transition from this? You know, <laughs> it's like, and here's your spontaneous gift. You know, maybe we'll have to do like some kind of like live gifting of something. Well, you did last year. You made me open that thing on camera. What was that? The 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 rubber band art. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, of course, cause that's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. saying it. It and, isn't. And it's thread, by the way. I mean, it's not rubber band. Yeah, same difference. String of some sort, uh, thread, rubber. It's a string. Is a rubber band a string? If you cut That's it. That's a philosophical question. <laughs> if you cut but, it. I mean, doesn't the natural elasticity and the different texture make it not a string? Can you tie things down with it? Not well. <laughs> but you can. You bounce can. right away. <laughs> I mean, right. I suppose you could. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, you know, before we get into more off-topic kind of stuff... Very uh, philosophical things, yeah. yes. Just a reminder, this is a Top 8 Debate episode. Do you That's want to right. tell the people what our topic is? You might be able to guess it from our interior here that Daniel has been so gracious of decorating. My wife. Daniel's wife has been so gracious <laughs> of decorating that this is the Top 8 Debate for Christmas games. Specifically, the ho category Holiday Christmas, Christmas on Board Game Geek. Yep. So there are a couple games that um, I feel should apply to it, but I I understand why they technically don't. don't yeah, and we'll get to that later on. Um, however, this game, or this top eight debate, I think the reason why we haven't done this year after year because we we definitely brought this up before. Yeah. But we had not played enough Christmas games. Yeah, well, I mean, we barely got it in this year uh, without having... Because there are some reprints of other games with a holiday theme on yes. it. Um, our number one seed is one of those. We'll get mm -hmm. to that in a minute. But also because of the fact that, honestly, there wasn't a lot of uh, Christmas-themed board games that were relatively decent. Uh, yeah. I mean, you have, like, your Monopoly Christmas... Your Yahtzee Christmas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's been a resurgence of making Christmas games well um, mm -hmm. since, I don't know, like 20... When what it was the Home Alone... Or Prospero Hall when they started doing the Home Alone game. Yeah. It was like 2018 and you just started seeing Holidays game being released right. around that time. And we've played some really good ones recently. Yes, we too. have. And they're finally not just like, oh, like Christmas dominoes or mm -hmm. something weird yeah, like exactly. that, right? They, they're actually thematic games that actually have a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm going to give a shout-out right now. You'll see this in the debate here in a moment. But Prospero Hall, mm -hmm. like, not they focus mainly on IPs. And, yes, they have done Christmas-themed IPs. But the, I really am, am very excited about the fact that, yeah, a lot of ones should be behind there's, you. Yeah, there's two right behind me. Yeah. One of them that they just announced uh, for this upcoming holiday season is a Rugrats Hanukkah. Yeah, I, I actually just saw a copy of it. I, I yeah. told you we went to the outlet mall. Mm -hmm. They were selling it at a box lunch. Oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah. and Because that makes sense. First off, Rugrats was like kind of, not revolutionary, but it was really well received that they did a and Hanukkah also, episode. They, 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 they like talked about everything. Christmas, Hanukkah, mm -hmm. and yes. showed different things. I think... Uh, the Susie Carmichael, I think is her name, the the little African-American girl. They, mm -hmm. I think they celebrated Kwanzaa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and just the fact that, like, a kid's show when we were growing up, like, that, like, kind of embraced all... What do you mean you when know? we were growing up? I was already... Uh, when I was growing up. Because I think it came yeah. out in 94, 95. I think it was already 10 or 11 when it came out. Something like that, yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, but just the fact that it did that, and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we're going to embrace multiculturalism. I mm -hmm. love it. And now they're making a game based off of that. 
using the IP, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, that's, yeah. that already makes the nostalgia hurt, you know, it makes <laughs> it feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it's interesting what they've been doing. Uh, you can't really see all the games behind us, but Funko's been doing it a lot. In fact, they've released little, like, card games every year for since they went over to Funko. So I yes. want to say, like, 2020 was, like, their first year they started doing it. Some have been good. And they're cheap. They're, like, yeah. nine bucks. Some of them yeah. are good. Some, not a so good. A lot of them not so good. Uh, there, but... there was, like, uh, a Christmas Story one. There was a... There was another one that we just... Re- uh, a National Christmas Lampoon story, small... Uh, National Christmas- Lampoon one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's one back there that we'll talk about a little later. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Planes, but that's Thanksgiving, actually. Yes. But still, uh, but holiday still, season. But still, holiday right? season stuff. They've been... Yeah. Uh, last year, their big one, uh, their big box was a Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've been, you know, pumping it out for people. And... Honestly, I love the fact that these games that are coming out are also family weight, so yes. you can play it with the younger kids and stuff like that, too. So, um, one we'll talk about a little bit later, how much I like the fact how family weight it was. Very good. But, before we get into that, I'm going to turn it on your head. What have you been oh, playing? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, geez. Um, you know, there's a lot of games that I've actually been playing lately. I've, I've had a lot of games... Uh, lately, but there's one specific one that I wanted to bring up because I... I mean, we did have, like, we're going to have, like, three game nights in seven days. Yes, yes which <laughs> so, is fantastic. Yes. And yet the ones I'm choosing from are from neither of those. So... Fair enough. Uh, one, the game that I've been playing fairly recently is Deep Space D6. Oh, yeah, you just picked up a copy of this, I too. just finally picked up a copy. And so I used to play the app all the time. And it's yeah. a very solid app. It works really well. Here's the thing I didn't know buying the game. So I bought it because I was like, you know what? I might as well have a uh, board game version of the app. Yeah. Um, I saw the store up in Denver, uh, Black and Red, R-E-A-D, like Red Books. Um, well, great place, speak, by the way. Speaking of which, I might be able to go visit it within the year or so. It just depends on where my wife gets stationed. Oh, yes. Because uh, she's got a lot of uh, contracts in Denver. So ooh, ooh. I can drive up there with her one of those days. I might have you take care of the dogs. Just oh, for, sure. Just for you go for that story. You need How's to How's it going, Corrupt? Hey, Corrupt. Yeah, and so, um, oh, yeah. So I just downloaded Dicey Dungeons, and I, I haven't played it yet, but I did buy it. So, yeah, good good recommendation. Thank you. Um, yeah, but I've been playing Deep Space D6. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, I did this with Oniram. I used to play the app a lot. So, like, maybe I'll buy a copy. Mm-hmm. And when I bought Oniram, I was really surprised. I was like, wait, there's more expansions and modules oh, yeah. on top of it? Because there's seven in the base game of Oniram. There's only three in the app. Yeah, which and, is understandable. Right. But I was like, okay, that's cool. I didn't realize that going into it. But I was like, maybe there'll be a card or two different in the in the Deep Space D6 board game. Yeah. Because I didn't look into it much other than that's what it was. Have you played Deep Space D6? No, I have not. Okay. Highly recommend it. Great poop gap. Poop app, as we like to call it. Sit down on the toilet, play a game for, for like 10 minutes, you know, hang out if that's what you're doing. Great time waster. But anyway, I got very familiar with the game. The board game itself actually has four different ships, and the app only does one. And I didn't even know that, but the app, or the board game itself has four different boards, and they are crazy different. Okay. And not only on top of that, there's extra cards that I hadn't seen before. And then there's actually a boss mode on the, in the 
on the solo version. Oh, okay. So my son actually sat and watched me play it and was the one flipping over the threat cards <laughs> as I was playing. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, it because I already liked the app a lot, but I was like, I don't know if I can justify playing the board game that much more than the app. I mean, yeah. I bought it for him and I because we both play it. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, that game is so worth it. Wow, was I impressed by it. I already fell in love with the first one. There's only, like, one real solo game I need to buy again now, and that's, uh... Uh, the Bargain Basement Bathysphere. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. the actual board game yeah, version yeah. of that. But, I mean, holy cow, I was really impressed I, by I it. I still need to check this one out. I cannot recommend it, but get the app. The app's free. Totally worth it. Once you get really comfortable with the app, translating it into the board game when you get that is super fluid. It makes a lot of sense. And then bringing in different boards, bringing in different cards, the boss mode, super cool. I can't recommend it enough. Deep Space C6, that's what I've been playing lately. All right, before we get going, um, I'm just going to mention something real quick. I know my hat's not really matching my shirt all that much because I'm wearing a Christmas story uh, shirt here. Uh-huh. Uh, it's from the actual museum of a Christmas story. Which uh, I'm very jealous because I you went to and my see... wife have both seen it. Yeah, and the reason why I'm wearing that because it's actually in Cleveland. This is a Cleveland Guardians hat. That same day, I went to a Guardians game. So That's awesome. Uh but another thing I wanted to mention is, look, I cleaned up my stuff on Feld Shelf over there. Oh, nice. Now that I can finally put the other ones up there. And Mario <laughs> Fanatics, uh, recommending Aces and Adventures. Yep. And Tharsis, I've written both of those down, and I will check those out. Dicey right. Dungeons, I'm looking forward to playing. So the first game I'm going to talk about is a game that I've been wanting to get played. That it's, does look nice. Uh, it's been a really, really hard to get a hold of for the longest time. And then a big group of us, all three got it. You're the only one that did not get this game. Uh, Days right. of Wonders Heat. Uh, finally ended up getting it yeah. played. I enjoyed it. I like I like we were talking about it there for like a racing game. This is probably going to shoot up there to the top of my list. I really <laughs> like how it played. Uh, the what the aspect. I still think I like Downforce more because you could still be in the game without winning the race, which is fine. But sure. it's not really a racing game at that point. Right. Um, it's most points at, uh, at the end of the game, or you can see it as like, I'm just a car owner. Hey, I still can gamble, the right. kind of thing. But I did like Heat. I like the interesting deck buildery s that it has. So like if you want to burn up your engine a little bit more, you put some Heat mm -hmm. in there. and so, Or you could spin out if you go too fast around corners. Right. Uh, so I like uh, that aspect of it. So it's like that push and pull. Uh, it is very well produced. It's probably Days of Wonders, one of their best produced games lately, because mm -hmm. there's four uh, boards in there, uh, double-sided two boards. So there's two boards, and they're double-sided, so you have four different racings. Uh, it's got a campaign book, so you can race an entire series based off those four tracks. I loved everything about it. I really did enjoy this one. It's it's going to stay in my collection. I, I did enjoy it. So, yeah, if you ever get a chance, check out Heat. So the only bad thing I'm going to say about the game, because I did quite like it, mm -hmm. is I think it's disingenuous to call it a deck building. I'm glad you added the deck building yes. S. Oh, that's why I said it. It's not it's deck really building. It's not deck building, right? And the only thing in there is the you're mitigating those heat cards. Like yes. you would in a deck building game when you get like bad things in your cards. You can yep. either try to get rid of them somehow by cooling off or yep. doing stuff properly. But the only thing you're adding to your deck at all times is bad cards. Right. That makes sense. Yep, cool. That's why I said deck building-esque. And the last one I wanted to talk about today was a quick little speed game that you got a chance to play. And uh, that was on our game day just this Saturday. It was Sunday, the Sunday. It was the only game I personally brought. 
Well, well you yeah, brought, brought others, up, but that's I brought the only, a bunch. It's the only one of my games that we played. But hey, all of us only got one game that day because of somebody's game. Yes. <laughs> everyone else got at least an hour game. I got a two and a half minute game. But that's fine. But you played it for five minutes, so... That's true. We played it twice. No, the way this game works, it's called Magic Rabbit. And it's a new game from, uh, I forget what the company's name uh, is. Alley Cat Games. Alley Cat Games. And the way it works is simple. There's uh, 18 tiles. Mm -hmm. Well, there's more than that, but uh, 18 main tiles, 9 hats, 9 rabbits. You mix up the rabbits, put them in a row, mix up the hats, put them on top of the rabbits face up. Uh, the rabbits are face down, by the way. Then you have some dove tiles that go on top of that that might block. It's based on player count yeah. on how those are laid out. We had two. Yeah. So now the goal of the game is simple. You're trying to put the matching hat with the matching rabbit. So the eight rabbit goes with the eight, the one goes with the one, mm -hmm. five, five, whatever. And then you have to put those stacks in ascending order, one through nine. So on your turn, you have one a choice of one of three actions. You either pick up a stack and look at the rabbit and memorize it, or you swap two hats on those, or you swap two full stacks. If there is a dove on any of those stacks, you can't do any of those actions with. That's it. Um, very simple. At the end of your turn, if you want, you can choose to move a dove from one tile to another. That's the goal. Very simple puzzle. However, there's a catch. You have a two and a half minute timer, and you must do it all as a group before that. Without communicating. Without communicating, because that's the ma magician's trick. Yeah. And that's literally what it says in the rule book. <laughs> that's, the ma that's the magician's trick. We don't communicate about how we do our things. That's the, that's the catch. But there's three also envelopes in there that once you get the hang of one, you can open up the envelope and add in some more components. Mm -hmm. So after I left that game night, pardon me, I went home and I showed that to my son because I thought he would like it. He fell in love with it. No, I don't blame him. We played game. it at least three times in a row. Did you finally win? Oh yeah, we won. Okay, we, cool. We're at about a 50% win rate between him and I. Um... How how are you at a fifty percent win rate? Did he win twice and you won once? No, no. Because you played it twice and lost both no, times. No, I'm saying him and I are at a fifty percent win rate because it's a cooperative game. You played it three times though. You said before. Oh, okay. Not there. <laughs> We've played it another like five times okay. since then. Like, that makes he, more sense. He loves it. Yeah, we're about at a fifty percent right now, and we've unlocked that first envelope. And I'm not going to give too many spoilers. But there is, it, it's a bunch of just different challenges. Like, oh, now that you know how to do this, here's another way to make it difficult. And there's four different modules in that first envelope. That's, That's the only cool. one I've opened. Nice. But um, there is one specifically that is absolutely hilarious that I do want to talk about. Um, so, I mean, it's not story-driven. So, it's not spoilers. Yeah, but so don't be, care. Yeah, it's spoilers for other people who want to uh, find that magic themselves. <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay, well then mute it right now. Because I'm going to say it, because it's not that spoilery. But what happens is quite simple. There's there's one of those objectives where it gives you an extra tile, and it's a zombie rabbit. And that zombie rabbit is hilarious looking. Like, he's all... His bone sticking out, it's gross. Um, but the idea is that you replace him with one of the random rabbits, mm -hmm. so you don't know which number is missing... And you, through deduction, after sorting everything out, you have to figure out which number You're he's right, supposed to be. Oh, uh, okay. So just little little trinkets like that. There's three others in that first envelope, and there's more in the second and third envelope, I assume, because I haven't looked through it yet. Nice. 
But yeah, it's it's wild. It's so uh, cool. I'll readily admit I did enjoy this game. Yep. It was my third favorite game of the four games we played that night. That's yep. not saying anything. We played some really cool games that night, and one, yeah. eh, yeah. they just kind of, okay. yeah, it was fine. Yeah. But uh, I did enjoy it. I like if we gave rating scores, it would be a seven to me. Uh, it it, sure. it was that fun. That now that I have played it more, mm-hmm. um, I would probably bump it up to an eight. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's getting up there because that, there's just something so casual, so fun about it, and and anticipating like doing it. Like me and my son on our last time that we played it with one of those hindrances, we played it and we just like looked at each other like, okay. Then we'd move a pigeon to it. It's like, all right, it's kind of signaling. Okay, that's good. And then we just took turns, like, look at a tile, move a pigeon, tile, pigeon. And we got through, it was like, we're done. And it's still, <laughs> like, a minute left in the timer. It's like, man, we rocked it this time. Nice. So good. It is a good game. I, I did yeah. enjoy it. Uh, the next game I'm going to talk about is a game that you've been wanting me to play for the longest time. You've been wanting to get this game played again yes. for the longest time because you had mm-hmm. like the big box and all the expansions. Yes, and it is. You keep saying, like, hey, you guys need to try this one and stuff like that. Yeah, and now we can finally debate it. Yeah, we can finally debate it. And this one is Millennium Blades. It, it It's everything you said and more. It, yeah. it is really good. It's really fun. Um I thought it was going to be a bit fiddly when you're explaining the rules because it's got this section yeah. and this section, and then you're going and you're like, wow, that was actually quicker. I mean, we've been playing for like two hours, and that, yeah. <laughs> that was... It's wild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a fun game about... It's a meta game about card collecting at that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you got two different round aspects in a sense. You're basically buying cards for your deck, and then the next round you're battling those cards by putting them in a row because you want to meet like certain criteria. Mm-hmm. I think I ended up winning that game because of the very last round because I pulled off something. I basically pulled off the Exodia card in yes. uh, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Because yep. I tried to pull it off in the second round. You blocked me by flipping one of my cards. So mm-hmm. I had something in there that blocked you from flipping my card because you tried to do yeah. the exact same thing in the third round. And I was like, okay, I think he's going to do it again. So I played that. I had a thing that said you can block anybody's flipping attempt. And I'm like, okay. And then and I, as totally I kept going, did. and I kept going, and I kept going. And then I played it. And I'm like, yes, it worked. Because it was like 200 points or something yeah. weird. You had like, some crit. You just moved like the 100 cube up. Yeah, it's like, like, no. <laughs> you don't do that. Yeah, so it was really, really cool. I liked it. And I love, I, I'm not a big fan of paper money. But the way that paper money worked was just funny. Because you're just throwing stacks yeah. of money at things. And uh make you it feel rich you're making it rain with stacks of money yep. and stuff like that yeah no it's yep. really good i love the aspect that you could sell cards and try to get someone to buy that card off the mm-hmm. thing and then you get your token back but no matter what you're getting your points or your cash for you yep. to do other stuff i love the the variable player powers too like so my character got an extra fifteen thousand dollars to buy things in the first round and then in the second round i had a special ability that allowed me to do i can't remember exactly what i preferred the 15 grand at the beginning compared to the secondary power i only use it like once or twice i love the aspect once you use it you just flip the card over this way it's Mm -hmm. designated that you used it oh no it was really really cool i like the fact that you do deck boxes and you get accessories Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of meta in there, like other games and yeah. like legally distinct from. Like I said, the card I played is basically a riff off of Exodia and Yu-Gi-Oh. So it was yep. fun. I really did enjoy this one a lot. And my friend Mario Fanatics, if you're still with us in the chat, yes, I do plan on playing with you sometime soon, hopefully, because he was the other one who uh, who's been wanting to play it as well. Well, yeah, and, and you, just, you it worked out opportunity wise. Honestly, so I do not plan just on that. playing it with you. And you wanted to play it with us this way you can relearn how to play right. it this way. 
Yeah, and because I had been telling you about it for so long, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm glad I finally got it to the table because it, it's... The, the best way I can describe it is what I said earlier. It's just wild. Like, there's something about it that... Is it functionally really good? Maybe not. I don't know. Is it, like, super hyper-strategic? Probably not. But is it really enjoyable and you can pull off just complete shenanigans? Like, it had stand-up moments. It had, like, all these exciting times. And there was multiple times where you would just pull a card and you'd read Oh! Oh! Oh, no! Oh, is that how that works? Yeah. And then, like, I would throw down a card fully expecting you to buy it right away because... Then I can get my token back. It's like, all right, you're good. you're building your sets over there. I'll have like five cards or whatever. Yeah. You are you're gonna have like twelve, whatever. And I just love how that's doing. And I also like the timer aspect of it. So like when you're trying to yeah. buy stuff, you have I think it's like a seven minute or an eight minute timer, then a seven minute timer, then a six and a half minute timer. But you can't sell anything at that yeah. point. And so it's just like, okay, how do I do this? I'm only allowed to take eight cards. Well, I'm going to take these ones for sure. And I always just put that right then and there. Yeah. You have that time where you're figuring out what you're going to do. All right, let me do this. Okay, I'm going to go sell this, and I'm going to go grab this. Oh, time's up. Okay, we got to stop. Yeah. All right, we're going to time back on. All right, let's do this again. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm doing here? Okay, yeah. I'm going to sell these where I can get these promo cards over here. So, yeah, there, there was a lot of willing and dealing aspect of it without us really interacting. Yeah. That, that's probably my only thing is, like, in that first section, we're not really interacting with each other other than it's, like, first person to reach for something gets it. Right, so but we can also do, we could have actually done trades. We just didn't. We were very, being very care bear. Like, we yeah. could have been like, hey, guys, I really need something powerful on this side. Yeah. Anyway, we could trade. And that's what those friendship cards that we just never really used. Yeah, well, we didn't really it. understand how to play with those you yeah. know, until, like, the end of the, or, like, towards the third round. You're like, oh, that's how these ones work yeah. again. And it yeah. was fine. Honestly, the game played perfectly fine. Yeah. My, my big it. thing about it is this is not a game I need to own on myself because sure. you own it. Uh, yep. You're probably going to be the only one that owns it because I don't think it would go down well with my wife. That whole meta aspect of it and the wheeling and dealing, yeah. it's just not her style of games. But I that's did right. thoroughly enjoy this one. Yeah. The Mario Fanatics says it right there. Um, yeah, it's this might be the most thematic game ever made. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't disagree with going that. Going uh, along with the lines of, uh, there's only one other uh, level 99 game that's ever had like a high rating, because I do rate my games on Board Game Geek, and I think it's an 8. I think it's an 8 or a 9. Uh, bullet. This one's right up there. I think this is an 8 as well. Uh, this is... Very, very fun. My my only ding for it is basically the time constraints of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's it's not a short game. It's not. But, man, it's a... Right, it's so, it's is like five years worth of TCG. Yeah, no, like, no, no <laughs> that is true. In the two hours. Speaking of TCG, I took advantage of uh, Amazon having pre-orders. I got the first three packs, uh, the starter decks for Lorcana. I, I got thought you said you only got two. Uh, they released some more for the third pack, so I just picked up the third one. And nice. I was telling my wife about it. She's like, oh, I want to play it. I'm like, that's why I pre-ordered it's, these. It's going to be on 2023. I'm looking forward to doing our list when we do this. Oh, yeah. It, it is already on the list. I actually have a short list of what will be on the list. I just don't know where I put it. Yeah. We'll figure uh, it out. Yeah, but I have, like, games that you've played, what I've played, what mm-hmm. we can put on there. We just put some more games on the list, too, oh, the, yeah. this past week. Uh, Astronauts, I think, just went on the list, and another yeah. one. Uh, Tells to Amaze just went on the list because we played that mm-hmm. on Sunday. So, But yeah, Millennium cool. Blades, that was fun. Awesome. I'll talk more about those later. All right, let's get into our list. Uh, so again, this is the top eight debate for Christmas, our holiday Christmas games yep. on Board Game Geek. And we're going to be debating those in the very way that we know how. We're going to break it into five categories. But before we do that, 
we're going to talk about some of the honorable mentions. All right, so I'm just pulling up the poll here for our audience honorable mentions. So there we go, starting with that one. Okay, so we always add these on to Board Game, uh, from Board Game Geek, we took board... the list, mm -hmm. and we add them to the Board Game Revolution forum on, uh, or a group on Facebook. Facebook. And we put them as a... As a poll, so you guys can at home can vote. Yep. Any of the viewers at home, but you can also add in your own, and we're going to be talking about those right now. So the first honorable mention that was added on was added by Gabe, and that is Santa's Workshop. I really want to play this one, and I'm also really going to talk about it a little bit later. So. Oh, okay. Carry on. <laughs> the next one added by Jason is Holiday Flux. Uh, I have not played this version of Flux, but if you're if you played any Flux, you played them all. This one's the same thing. You have creepers, keepers, you're playing cards out, changing the rules until someone meets the gold card that's out there. Uh, it it's, seems like it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I have not played the holiday version. If I can find a copy of it, I'll try it. But, yeah, it seems interesting. Yeah, and Mario Fanatics brought up a good point. How has Smash Up gone this long without a holiday-themed set? Yeah, I don't How? know. I don't know. I mean, they even got a Cthulhu set, and they called it the obligatory Cthulhu yeah. set. Yeah, How is there not a holiday? All right, the next one added by Luna was the Exit Advent Calendar. Now, there are three of those right yeah. now, Yep. and I played one of them. I played one of them as well. Which one did you play? You played the book, right? No, I played the... Uh, the mountain? The, yeah, the, I think okay. it's like the summit or something like that. So you and I have both played the same mountain one. No spoilers, but I did thoroughly enjoy fun. the puzzles. That was fun. Yeah. Very impressed with those. The, the only reason we're not doing a it this year is because my wife's job. She takes her about four or five days out of the way. So it's just like we can't really. I don't want to do it by myself. I want to do it with her. Why don't you come over? And, uh, my family doesn't want to do it anymore. You and me can do it. Well, bring it over here. We'll All do, right. When you come over for Tuesdays, we can do That's right. We'll just do a whole week's worth right <laughs> exactly. there. Exactly. All right. All right. And then the next one here added by Jeremy was Die Hard, the Nakatomi Heist. This is another one of those Prospero Hall ones. Yep. I want to play this one. I love That's this movie. This is a Christmas movie, whether people sure. like it or not. Because, sure. one, it starts with a Christmas song and ends with a Christmas song. <laughs> so, if Home Alone is considered a Christmas movie, so is Die Hard. Because you, your big gripe about Christmas, uh, uh, Home Alone is that it's all about being with family and all this and that. And the, the, the You mentioned something about like what makes a Christmas movie, something like that. Die Hard does the same thing. He's trying to get back together with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. I, I do think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I agree with it. Technically. Right. <laughs> Technically. And then the last one, uh, Kalena, I Kalena, believe, yeah. um, added Christmas Tree from 2017. I have not played this. I know nothing about it. I, I know it's like a worker placement aspect where you just, you're trying to compete with like the best decorated tree or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it looked interesting. I've been trying to find a copy of this one. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's so, out, it's out of print and so expensive right now. It's not even funny. Like. Some of the games we played on this list, I've been able to pick them up for sure. relatively decent price, even though they're out of print. Yep. One of which, which uh, is our number seven seed we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, uh, I want to play this one. It looks interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, same with another one we talked about, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Cool. Awesome. So, Kalina, uh, Kalina, sorry. And forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name, but thank you for contributing. Um, this said, Christmas tree is a drafting game about collecting ornaments to decorate the tree. Probably my favorite Christmas game. Okay, it's drafting, not worker placement. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Luna also added that uh, Dredo, which is in, I think, the Hanukkah series, is a gambling game, which it is. 
I mean, uh, well, it's yeah, it's it's a Hanukkah game. Yeah, game, right? yeah. It's, it's a gambling game of spinning a top, which I have played. I will give it credit. In fact, one of uh, so I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. and I actually 3D printed a few dreidels for some of my Jewish students you okay, know, to cool. celebrate them because you know that we appreciate them, right? Yeah, exactly. And one of my students actually taught me how to play it, and so we sat down one day and and sat there playing dreidel, and mm-hmm. it was, it's kind of fun actually. Uh, I, like I know it. they when they're doing it, the kids are doing it usually with the, they're gambling um, the gold uh, chocolate coins. Yeah, it's chocolate coins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I, I know it. I, I have Jewish friends, so yeah, yeah we we should play it sometime. It's it's not bad at all. All right, so, so uh, uh, Luna, Luna also put uh, oh. Luna also put. I just brought bought Ghost of Christmas and looking forward to trying it. I really like the Exit Advent calendars, yeah. and I really like the one we played. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Luna, for pitching in your ideas. And uh, your last post was, was I me think the putting, last one. No, yeah, I was the yeah, I was the last post. My the other, the first post is always my post, uh, telling people where to find the list. Yep. All right, so let's talk about which games are going to be debated, and we'll talk about our honorable our honorable mentions. Sounds so good. we have our number one seed, Letters to Santa, which is love letter, but Santa theme. Sa- Santa theme. Yep. Mm-hmm. Going up against our eight seed, Home Alone game. Our number two seed, Dice Throne, Santa versus Krampus. Going up against our number seven seed, Ugly Christmas Sweaters. Our number three seed, Ghosts of Christmas. Going up against our number six seed, Animal Upon Animal Christmas Edition. Our number 12 seed, 12 Days. It's a four seed. Number four seed, Four Days. We don't, we don't even go 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our number five seed, Holly Jolly. You didn't catch the second time I said it? I said number, number four seed, Four Days? That's okay, fine. Whatever. Whatever. I'm I give trying... you a pun shirt. Be, just be happy with That's that. That's true. All right. I, I will give you that. I should put it on right now. All right. Um, maybe during the intermission. <laughs> what What are some of the ones that you had on the list? Let's find out. We brought the coin of doom in here. We have a different one today. Here's mm-hmm. our heads. Here's our tails. Let's go into it. Ooh, that has a good ring to it. That one's me. That one's you. All right. So the first game I'm going to talk about is the one that I have not played but I have it on pre-order. I've been wanting to play it. I hope it gets here before Christmas so I can play it before then. It was mentioned in our our fans' honorable mention as well. This is Santa's Workshop. Mm-hmm. The original one was printed by Rio Grande Games. It's a worker placement game where you're uh, basically elves trying to be successful, the most successful of the groups by feeding reindeers, make, reindeers making presents, getting the sleigh ready, decorating a Christmas tree, which is one of the new things they added to this version of it. And what you're trying to do is, because once Santa's done with Christmas, he's going to take the best team with him on his vacation after Christmas. And so that's what you're competing for, is to be the best group. And so, first off, it's worker placement, so I'm down for that, hands down. And second off, it's being produced by Elf Creek Games, which are some of the most beautiful games out there right now. Mm -hmm. Atlantis uh, Rising, I think is what it's Mm -hmm. called. Yeah, Atlantis Rising is one. Merchants of the Dark Road is another one. Honey Buzz is another one of their games. So... You know it's going to be well produced. In fact, they're airlifting it to America as we speak to get it tried to ship out as many as they can before Christmas. So I, I'm wanting to get this played. That's awesome. All right. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is also very much not technically a Christmas game. Um, that's because this one is a winter version of my favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. Carcassonne Winter Edition, which I have played. It works functionally pretty much similar. But there is a couple of, like, Christmas references and, like, small little add-on packs that you could get for it. Yeah. Which is why it technically counts. Um, other than that, Carcassonne, 
you've heard me talk about it a lot before. It's a tile laying game. Send your uh, lay down the tile, must match either town, road, or farmland. Send out your meeples to populate either of those features. Once they are completed, you score them for points. At the end of the game, they're worth fewer points if they're not completed. Most points at the end of the game wins. Love this game. I have not played it in a while. I need to get around to doing that. Have you played Carcassonne in a while? No. Yeah, I think... No. I uh, no, it's the gingerbread man. Is no, the, no, no, no. We, is we, the one well, we haven't played. We, you played it recently, Carcassonne. I think it was about October, maybe, maybe. September. We played the Miss Silver Carcassonne. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we played Miss. Yep. That's right. So yes, I have ish, <laughs> ish, kinda. But that's a uh, Carcassonne Winter Edition. All right, you want to flip the coin for round Absolutely. two? There's me again. So this is the one I was alluding to. It's in the tree right behind, under the tree right behind me. It's the Funko's newest small card game for Christmas. It's based off of my personal favorite Christmas movie. It's Muppets Christmas Carol, or Disney's Muppets Christmas Carol, a spirit of giving card game. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a nice, cute little game. It's very, very simple. What's going to happen is... You start out the game, uh, depending on the player count, uh, every player is going to get three cards. Two are going to be face up on the outside, one's going to be face down on the inside. Uh, you can see what it is, and you're just trying to build a set. Either one mm -hmm. color, or uh, either it's going to be one color, or it's going to be one character. And so once you do, you get points. But the whole shtick to this, it's called Spirit of the Giving for a reason. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen as you're after everybody's got set up and nobody got pairs... Then uh, if someone gets pairs, you just switch it, or a set, you just switch it out, the card that is one of the sets. If it's a middle card, it goes face down. Like I said, if it's one of the edge cards, you just take the edge card out, mm. shuffle it back up into the deck, and then you split the deck into four piles. Because mm. you have uh, boards that overlay it. So you're going to have Scrooge, you're going to have, uh, you're going to have Scrooge, you're going to have uh, Ghost of Pat, the Past, pre uh, Future, and uh, Present, and Future Ghosts. And so what you do is you split the decks evenly, and then you stack them up, uh, so future's going to be on the bottom of the deck, and so forth, and you're going. So on your turn, you could do, well, you're going to do one thing. You're going to take a, a card, whether it's the Scrooge or one of the ghosts, and you're going to do what it says. Scrooge basically just has you draw a card off the top, and you can replace anybody's card on the table. And the reason being is because if you ever complete one of your sets, you take a present and it's face down. You can't look at what the score mm. is for yourself. However, if you take that card and complete someone else's set with it, then you get to look at both of them. Since you're the one completing it, you get to take two gifts, look at them, and you can mm -hmm. hand one to the player you, sets you completed and take uh, a token for yourself. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you'll, you, you'll have some hidden information in a sense because if I just complete my set, I don't know what points I got. And I think the points are like one to four. Yeah. So if I draw, randomly draw one, it's not going to help me. But if I help Calissa, my wife, finish hers, I get to look at two. All right, you can have the two. I'll take the four because I was helpful to you. And so I like that little aspect of it That's because cool. it, it, you're helping them. There's also wild cards in there, so it matches for any character or any color. Mm -hmm. uh, when you get into the Ghost of Christmas, you can take a, the top card off the discard pile. So if you And so when you complete a set... You can put your set however you want in the discard pile. So if you want to be nice to someone, you can put the wild on top or you put the wild under because you can only ever take the top card off the discard pile. Mm. When you get to the uh, present ghost, 
you get to swap two cards. So if you notice that, uh, like my friend Angel, he has a card that could finish Kalissa's set. I can take his card, take one of Kalissa's cards that doesn't finish her set, and swap them. Uh, and so, therefore, I can finish Kalissa's set. Don't do any him for any favors. And then I could look at the gifts and stuff like that. That's cool. Okay, <laughs> so, that sounds cool. I like how it works. And then uh, I think it's the future uh you could just swap any two cards uh or may might be the future that does the swapping cards present does something as neat as well they all have their different things and so again you do two things you uh you do one of the actions based on the boards and you could try to complete someone's set or your own set like mm -hmm. i said and whoever has the whenever all the presents are taken out or the deck runs out the game's over Cool. It's very simple, very quick. I really, really enjoyed this one a lot for a little simple card game that is supposed to be played for like six plus. It's fantastic. Sure. Yeah, I feel like like the very first year that they did those small games, they were kind of doing them like I, I wasn't super thrilled with a lot of them. Uh, there is one that, that Funko is coming out with pretty soon that is uh, it is going to be a uh it's basically past the pigs where you're rolling mm -hmm. two figures, but you're rolling Coca-Cola meeple bears, <laughs> like the Coca-Cola bears, and you're yeah. rolling that and trying to get combinations. So it's basically past the pigs, but I'm sure with like some kind of nifty twist to it as you're rolling these two polar bear meeples. I love that idea. I showed that to my wife, and she's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I'm like, I know, right? really good so yeah i really really do enjoy this one uh, a lot and then uh mario fanatic was talking about uh the muppets christmas Mural. Uh, his mother loves that movie well he prefers the 2008 version which is i think what is the 2008 it's either letters is it the letters to santa's the 2008 or is the other christmas one uh and yeah it is an excellent ad adaptation actually it was this movie that made me fall in love with a christmas carol okay the the, the, the book or not the book. I, I've only watched the like different versions of the movie. Uh, the, the, the wife movies. last year got me a physical copy of the book. I read it on Christmas Eve. It took me the whole day to finish it off because it was in my stocking. Loved it. I, I Charles Dickens is still one of my favorite classic writers. It was the only one I hadn't read physically of his books because I read uh, Great Expectations, The Tale of Two Cities, and stuff like that. And loved those books. And so, yeah, finally reading that uh Ooh. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The, you're talking about the oh, the, the Jim Carrey version. Yeah, cool. I mean, I, my personal favorite is Scrooged. I love Scrooge too. But I, I, my personal but I'm favorite a is the Muppets guy, so, because, yeah. the, and I like the lore on this one too. Michael Caine plays Scrooge, and he went to the director of um, Muppets Christmas Carol, and he's gonna like. He he told him, "I'm gonna act in this like I'm acting for Charles Dickens, how he wants Scrooge to be portrayed." And the, do, uh, the director was like, that is great. That's exactly what I want you to do. Just because we have Muppets, I want you to be serious while we have all the hijinks with the Muppets. Yes. So. Brilliant. I love it. All right, and the second one I wanted to talk about was, it. so it's one of those ones that's not normally a holiday-themed game, mm -hmm. but I do love this game a lot, and there is an expansion that is holiday-themed. So I had to bring this on. This is Dungeon Roll from TMG. Okay. And it does have a Santa version. In fact, what makes it so fun is that the original version of Dungeon Roll plays pretty simply. Uh, you have a, a set of good dice, your hero dice. You mm -hmm. roll all those, and that's how you start your dungeon delve. Every delve you go down, every stage you go, uh, the number that you go down, first is one, then two, then three, then four. That's how many bad dice are rolled. Okay. If you get three dragons, then a dragon appears at the end of that round. Um, you kind of don't want that, but then again, it gives you experience too. If 
farther down you go, uh, you can get ex you can get treasures, you can get potions which let you reroll dice, and then if you go down really far, then you can get more XP. Most XP points at the end of the game wins. What makes this holiday theme though is they had a Santa version of it, and it even came with a like you could play as like Santa as the main character, okay, as one of your heroes and a few other heroes as well that are that are Christmas themed. But it also had new treasure tokens, which sometimes might end up being coal. And you can actually put them in with the other treasures and pull them out randomly. Like, oh, no, I got coal again. No. <laughs> Making treasure, like, a little more exciting. But then some of it might be really, really useful stuff, you know, like toys and whatever. So I like what it does to it. It's been a while since I played it, so I don't remember it fully. But mm -hmm. I, I love Dungeon Roll. That's a huge one. And that actually wasn't one that was on my list, but it did come to my mind when we were like, oh, holiday themes. Yeah, Dungeon Roll has a... Uh, Oh, as a holiday expansion, so why not? Cool. All right, our last ones. Flip last the die. One. Flip the die. Did you? Or flip, right. <laughs> flip the coin. All right. It's a, it's, a, it's a D2. All right, so, and you saw this coming. Mile away. You already know what my number one honorable mention is. Do I? It's a Funko. Oh, yeah, National uh, Christmas National Vacation. National Christmas Vacation, the, the board game. The, the, yeah. Not the card game, the actual board game. Yep, yep. Because uh, they made a small version, which I didn't like. has the moose cup, man. It has the moose cup. It's a dice-rolling game. And it works really simple. Uh, every player has the same deck of 25, uh, 24, 25 cards, something like that. And they're numbered 1 through 6. Mm -hmm. And there's also a couple of wild cards. So you're trying to be the first to get rid of all of your cards, which is really weird to have a press-your-luck shedding game. Yeah. I've never seen that before, which I really like the way it's doing it. So on your turn, you're rolling a bunch of dice. If they are Cousin Eddie hats, you set them aside, because if you get too many of those, uh, a total of three of them, then you bust and your turn's over, and you don't get to get rid of cards. But any Griswold hats, the number of hats that you have on your dice is how many cards you draw from your deck. Mm -hmm. So you lay them out face up in front of you. If you happen to have one of the special dice, uh, which either shows a wreath or it shows a star, one of those will let you actually get rid of a card just flat out. It's like, all right, I'm just going to discard that. And the other one is, uh, the, I think the wreath is the one that lets you either get rid of a set, a run of three of a kind. So a one, two, three, or a set of uh, three cards that are the same number. Wild, of course, can count as any of those. Then, after every roll, assuming you haven't busted, you can stop your turn and then get rid of a set or or run as well. Mm -hmm. So again, your goal is to get rid of all your cards first. And what makes it really interesting is like a run and a set are a minimum of three cards. Okay. I'm sorry. A run is a minimum of three cards. A set you can do um, any num or any number of one. Any number of one number. If yeah. that makes sense. Any copies of a single number. Yeah. So if I have like four or six, I can just get rid of them. Um, but it, it makes it super tricky because when one player is down like one or two cards, they're not going to make a run. They might be the same number, but there's probably not. Yeah. So it kind of like holds them back just a little bit, letting people catch up as you're going. Pressing your luck, throwing dice, being exciting. The art on is like the classic like ugly, sweaters, yeah, ugly, ugly Christmas sweater, sweaters, yeah. Christmas style. Which yeah. you'll be seeing more and more during uh, our holiday special. Sure. I yeah. just got uh, two new ones. Oh, yeah. But they're not sweaters. They're uh, t-shirts with ugly sweater prints on okay. them. Okay. Because I get super hot, so <laughs> I didn't want to wear a sweater. I do it. have an, an awesome <laughs> ugly Christmas sweater. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a dinosaur like dancing next to a, a disco ball. It's, it's crazy. 
but yeah, I'm very, I really like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, uh, the board game, that is probably, yeah, probably my favorite Christmas game. Mm, it's not mine. Uh, in fact, I think my favorite Christmas game is on our top eight debate. Okay. But okay. my next game here... The uh, top eight, they, they set a high bar. They set a high bar. It, but I really it, like this one. Oh, no, I like it too. I, I think it's fine. I, honestly, it's probably in my top mm, ten, I, I would say. Yeah. If if we got to choose uh, what games we could put on the top eight debate, this would be in my top eight sure. debate. Because I, I do like the way this one works. Yeah. But the last game I am going to talk about is one that just got bumped off the list. It was because of a couple games that we played. It got bumped off in another one, uh, the Taco Cat Goat Cheese uh, version, Christmas version game. I was about to say, did you put Taco Cat Goat Cheese? No, 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 no. I put Super Skill Pinball Holiday Edition. I forgot this got bumped off. Yeah, Yeah. it got bumped off. Otherwise it would have been on my list. Yeah. I like this version. I I like Super Skill Pinball Arcade, uh, 4Kate I think is what it originally was called. I like that game a lot. It's a fun little role you're right. I, I also like the fact that the solo play of this game is to beat your high score, which is what you would do in Pinball Machine. Right, exactly. That's one of the few times that beating a high score is thematically <laughs> on point. And just the way all the boards work differently yeah, is super cool. cool. Uh, so I wanted to play this one just to get a feel of it. Um, the, me and the wife had just wa- recently watched Christmas Story uh, for oh, the first nice. time this year. But second time for me, because I actually had it on the background when I was doing editing. And I'm like, all right, she wants to watch it, we'll put put it on. And so, like, I played it, and I'm like, I like how this is working here, because you're dropping down in here, and you're you're shooting in the eye, and then you got the lamp, and then you're trying to go up into the bullies to get your points. But based on what the other die roll is, that's where you're going to go up into the star track for those points. <laughs> so, cool. uh, and then you're like, oh, I could do this reward, but it gives me a bonus over here, but I really want to do multi-ball, because that's very handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it is super super fun. I actually did really well. I think my score was like one seventy five or something oh, like that. Not too bad. Uh, yeah, for the first time I played this in about four years, uh, right. to the point where I want to get more versions of this this series. I, I just I think if you take out the insert, you could fit them all in one box. Uh, the it'd be close. You wouldn't be able to fit the markers. All you need That's is four it. markers because you can only play That's up to four people. Yep. The the spare markers could go to other games that I needed to go to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a fun game. I uh, if you I highly recommend this. If you're into solo games, this is thematic. When like I said, it's just to beat mm-hmm. your high score. Yep. And there's a little uh, if you you like writing on your rule books or they give you a little sheet about yeah. showing the high score tally like you would if you go to like a pinball shop and they have a wall of the high scores and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it's fun. It's it's actually a very thematic roll and write aspect to pinball because you're yeah. shooting your ball around, and the thing is, like where there is different layers, and so wherever you're at, you have to go lower to what you're at unless you hit one of your flippers, uh, or some boards actually have where you can hit a bumper and it can shoot you up there. Oh sure. It just it just depends. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the one I played, the Christmas Story one, yeah, it was super fun. I liked it a lot. Cool. Yeah, good pick. I, I can't believe I forgot to put that on there. Shame on me. Shame right, on you. Let's get into the debate time. Let's talk about how we do this and why we do this. Our top eight debates are quite simple. We take the top eight highest rated board games on a criteria category or whatever it is that we choose from mm-hmm. on BoardGameGeek.com. That is voted on by the people and it is ranked on BoardGameGeek. And we take that top eight that Daniel and I have both played. That's important. Because we got to give a sound argument for all of them. Yeah, 
pretty much it, it's because uh, if we didn't, it'd be kind of like okay, I got to go with what you say about this right. because this is what we used to do. To do, yeah. yeah. So that's what one of the reasons why we changed it up. I mean, we've come a long way from our first uh, several debates. Oh yeah, I feel like we should do a live episode of Gamma if we can find a way to swindle that. Let's do that. I mean, it would be interesting. That would be awesome. How's it going, Illuminous? Hey, Illuminous. We were just saying we haven't seen you in a while. Welcome. Yeah, so we break it down into five different criteria, the first of which is ease of play. That's how simple and familiar the mechanisms are and the likelihood to get it to the table, whether that's mechanism or theme. And finally, how easy is it to teach, understand, and learn? Uh, mine was really good. Uh, had a great time with the wife. Uh, it was just or us because she just gotten back the night before. Uh, he's asking how our Thanksgiving was. I was about to say that was really out of context. Yeah. But all right. <laughs> uh, but other than that, pretty good. And yours? Incredibly busy. Uh, the next category here is replay value. The length of time and scaling well of the game. Minimum number of plays to get the full experience. And it's expandability. If it already has expansions, up to one possible future expansions or expansions that have been confirmed by the designer or publisher to be coming out. The next category is meaningful choice. How well does the impact? How well does your strategies impact the other players and your future strategy of the game? The depth of strategy, tactics, and/or the skill that's involved in the game itself, and do arbitrary choices or even AP impact the gameplay itself? Which can be important in some of these games. Uh, not the ones we're arguing right now. <laughs> not too many. Uh, the next category we have is game immersion. Is the game fun to lose? Is there player interaction, whether it's table talk, role playing, trash talking, that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, and memorable moments? What are those things that are going to make you stand up and shout across the room? And the final of our five criteria is art and production. Simply the art, the graphic design, and the pieces and components. And if for some reason we can't come to a consensus after all those criteria we're going through, it comes down to the van vote. As we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we post, post this on the Board Game Revolution group on Facebook. You are always welcome to vote. That helps us determine which one will move on because you are the tiebreaker. There we go. So let us begin. We have eight different criteria or eight different games. Today we're going to be starting off with our number one seed, Letters to Santa, versus our number eight seed, Home Alone, the board game, which, by the way, is a Prospero Hall game. Just got to say that. So we are going to be arguing for that a little bit. As always, I'll flip the coin of doom. Daniel will flip or flip the cup of doom. I'm not it's flipping this. Flip, it's already right? cracked. Yeah. That's why it's the cup, the cup of, doom, of doom because you can't use it as a drinking glass anymore. That's right. And uh, we'll see who argues for which side. You'll be starting us off. All right, I'll be starting off with Home Alone Game. Okay. Uh, honestly, out of all of this one, Letters to Santa is a Christmas game in an aspect. It's basically just another one of the multi-aspects of the re-theming that Love Letter has mm -hmm. gotten. you got Batman Love Letter, Letters to Santa. You've gotten, there's a Marvel version, a Star Wars version, a Lord of the Rings version. All play exactly the same. This one just has a little bit of Christmas tie-ins. Home Alone game is based off a Christmas movie, a very popular Christmas movie, mm -hmm. and it plays kind of similar to that Christmas movie. It's a one versus mini game where you're either playing as Kevin, who's setting traps to fight off the burglars, or you're playing as the burglars who are trying to get as much uh, money as you possibly can without succumbing to the police arriving and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of push-and-pull aspect of there. You're working as a team. The, the Kevin character, which, by the way, when we played it, our mutual friend um, Jim 
was the Kevin character, and he thrashed us yeah. that much. I remember. Yeah, don't play one verse all games with him. And let him one. be the one. He's, he's gonna be the one. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he destroyed us. That was a, definitely a stand-up moment. It was it was a very easy game to understand. And I learn. forgot that you were part of that, <laughs> yes. that game because I remember we we played. I played it with Jim, and I forgot that you were there. Yeah, for I was. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> he destroyed us. Uh, I love the aspect of this game. How easy it is to play. Um, the the artwork is amazing because uh, again, it was like the the National Lampoons where you're talking about where they went with that ugly Christmas sweater mm-hmm. aspect of it. It's very simple. It's probably one of the simplest one versus mini games you can ever mm-hmm. find out there. Uh, going by our criteria, the replay value is honestly a lot better when it comes to you know getting the full experience because you're not seeing all the cards and stuff like that. Love Letter is just easily replayable because it's such a filler game. Yes. Uh, and again, I think Easy Play, of course, is going to go to Love Letter because uh, or Letters to Santa because that is probably one of the best gateway games out there. Sure. So that's going to hurt in an aspect, but there's a lot more meaningful choice. You're trying to work with your partner to be Kevin. You're trying to play your aspects better in Love Letter, where all you're doing is like, hey, do you have Santa? Or you can ask someone a question, do you have this? And then you play a card and you get to use their ability. Whereas this one, you're doing actual meaningful choices. Uh, and honestly, I get more immersive in this game than I any Love Letter game I've ever played because it's basically monotonous. It's like, hey, do you have this? And then you play your card, and you look at someone's card, or you steal a card from them, that kind of thing. Uh, as well as the art and production, honestly, the Letters from Santa one is not bad. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a bad love letter production out there that I can think of. But I do have one big gripe, and I don't think Letters of Santa has this, but I know the other love letters has, is you got two choices. You can get a box, but you don't get the bag. But you can get the bag, but it comes in a blister pack. So <laughs> there's not a really good... Uh, way to store this game and if you want the really nice bag but I or honestly prefer Home Alone the game because it feels more Christmassy to me I forget which version uh, which version Letters of Santa has and I think it's the box without the bag yes because I do have the cards version of it in fact I just found it the other day when we were cleaning I was like oh I should break it over because yeah. it's, it's quite fun um, yeah, Luminous, I would totally play that. Mousetrap, Home Alone Edition. That's awesome. <laughs> that'd be neat. Um, that'd be up there on holiday games. Prospero Hall, get out on that. Um, Restoration, man. Yeah. Restoration takes Mousetrap and turns it into a Home Alone theme. That would be pretty awesome. <laughs> but, um, so I'm going to argue for Letters to Santa. But yeah, like like you said earlier, it is the quintessential filler game. Mm-hmm. When that when Letters or Love Letter came to market, man, did it hit running it running did. hard. It yeah, no, really did. Everyone knew about Love Letter. Everyone was playing it. I don't hear hardly anybody talk about it anymore, which is a shame. Ever I since think... AEG sold it, I have not heard. The, the, yeah, the Infinity one, yeah. uh, Infinity Gauntlet is the last one I heard about. Yes. There, there was even a Jabba the Hutt Star Wars version, and that one just kind of... Yeah, exactly. Nobody did it, because they're doing like these weird like offshoot spin-off style mm-hmm. games for it. But Letters to Santa was actually one of the very first ones. In fact... Speaking of stand-up moments or memorable moments, there was one time I was—I don't remember where I was—but I was watching some kind of presentation, and they brought up the idea of sending letters to Santa. And in that presentation, there was actually there was actually the picture that says "Letters to Santa" and like this nice ornate thing. But then down in the bottom, there was the AEG logo. I was like, "Wait a minute, this ain't about board games. What? What? 
why do you find that? And I'm sure they just Googled the word letters to Santa and yeah. then just found the first image. And they're like, nobody's going to know what AEG is. Who yeah. cares about that? It's probably just some weird corporation. No, I knew exactly what that was. <laughs> that blew my mind. I was like, wait, wow, that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I don't even need a, <laughs> need a game. Just give me a Home Alone-themed Rube Goldberg machine. Yes, yes. Um, and Illuminous brought up the Lovecraft letter. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I mean, Love Letter, like I said, it all pretty much plays the same. They, yes. they all have their own little twist and stuff sure. like that. Like the Batman one is like you're trying to capture the Joker sure. and stuff like that. So. I, I think the only reason this is rated so high is because Love Letter is such a prominent game. Mm -hmm. However, with this being said, owning this version of Love Letter, it is absolutely no different other than the art. Yeah. It is functionally the exact, the exact same, same thing as the Love Letter. Yeah. So is it thematic? No. Is it as immersive? No. Is it replayable? Not nearly. Right? Yeah. I mean, it is, kind of, with those little twists of different versions of the game. Yeah. But, like, I mean, to play like, the... Like I said, the only replayability about it is like, oh, that was quick. Let's play it again. That kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, you play multiple hands in a single game, right? Yeah. But, I mean, even with, like, the replay value in Home Alone, either you're Kevin or you're not. Yeah. So there's two minimum plays that you need to play in order to get kind of the aspect of it. Right? <laughs> exactly. From both sides. So, I mean, I got to give it to Home Alone. I agree. All right. Home Alone moves on. Now we're going to go into our second round, which is Dice Throne Santa versus Krampus versus Ugly Christmas Sweater. Never thought I'd say that uh, ever, but I, I, I'll be starting us off on this one. I, I hope to God you get one, just to, just because it'd be funny. I, you know, you're acting like I hated the game. I just you get dice thrown. No, it's it's a fine game. I it agree. was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was not bad. It this was one. fine. Yeah, this no. All right, so let's talk about uh, dice stone, Santa vs. Krampus. Dice stone is already one of like my favorite games of all time. Yeah, and I head to head dice battler works really well. You can upgrade your board, rolling combinations, get better things. Each theme is different. Each theme works separately. You are able to... Every character feels different in how they work. Mm -hmm. So much to the point that they even made a Marvel version. And that they've made multiple Marvel versions, actually. That all of those characters are highly thematic. Oh, yes. You're going to show this off? Yeah. Here's the Krampus figure. The 3D figure. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, you can see it. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. They can see it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and it's the game just works so well. But when I played Santa vs. Krampus, because this is one of the few sets that it's like a single two-pack, mm -hmm. um, that's not that's not uh, one of the Marvel ones, this works really well. Santa's all about gift-giving. No, there's a lot spreading, of... Spreading All of them love. are two-packs. Like, yeah. You buy two-packs oh, at Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can. But, like, this is all about gift-giving. Mm -hmm. um, you have all these cool abilities that, like, helps everybody mutually, uh, which would be super fun to play with some of the other characters. But then Krampus, on top of that, he's just... He's mean. Yeah, he's straight up take that, which makes sense. Well, like, he's giving out coal and all that yeah. stuff, messing with players. Oh, man, I I, I forgot about that yeah. call. I was just going to mention it before we started. Well, me and my wife just recently yeah. played this. The fact that if he gives you four coal, you have to, and it's yeah. usually like whenever you're going to gain CP, it just drops it to down. Yeah. So, like, usually I would get it in the start of my turn. I'm like, well, I can't get my CP. Here's your coal back. Yeah, and then I have to back. sell cards to get CP. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is super fun. I don't know. It just works really well. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm curious to hear how you'll compare it to Ugly Christmas Sweater, but, I mean, this already has my vote to move on. 
I mean, I can't really deny the fact how fun that one is. Uh, it, honestly, this set, it's I think it's a little heavier weight to Krampus, even though he's technically the more difficult one to play. Yes. And I think it's because of that, uh, like the secondary deck that they have, the, the rejects mm -hmm. deck. Um, because my wife immediately pulled one of the rejects, and they immediately go into play when you have it. That gave her a plus three to all of her attacks. Uh, and so when she's rolling the dice that gives her a 10 attack, and then the plus three makes it a 13 attack, mm -hmm. and Santa doesn't roll defense, he just gets like eggnog or bells and stuff like that. I'm yep. losing a good chunk of health every turn. Uh, but I love playing a Santa too, just because uh, mm -hmm. I love the like the gambling aspect of it. Because you have a card in there, it's like, hey, roll a die. This is what happens if you roll yep. this. Uh, it's like Vegas Baby, I think is what the the yep. card is called. Well, that's in most set, or most decks. Yeah, but it's I like that aspect yep. of it, and then the the way like you could spin your eggnog to roll a die, and yes. if you roll a certain thing, you can heal yes. <laughs> to a certain extent. So yeah, it has some interesting aspects of it with Ugly Christmas Setter. Uh, this is actually an independent game. This is the only one they ever produced. It was a crowdfunded game. I really enjoy it because it's a drafting trick-taking trick game, and that's not something you see all that time. And I, one of my favorite things and that this game does is the cards you play to gain your draft are the next ones that are going to be uh, up there. Uh, so for you to draft to the next part. Mm -hmm. And you have different things which you're trying to do. Basically, you're playing a trick-taking game. Someone's going to lead, and you have to follow suit. This one has two suits uh, per card. The color of the sweater and the, um, the item on the sweater. There's four of each. There's four colors, and there's four items. It's like yep. bell, snowman, candy canes, and trees. Yep. And so what you're trying to do is complete sweaters, because they're going to give you two points no matter what. But there's also a, I forget what they're called, the trend, the trends, I think, is or no, fads, that's fads. what they're called. Uh, where if you get a sweater that's all of one color, uh, it's going to give you an additional three points to that sweater. Or one design, say trees, it's going to give you three points for that sweater as well. If you get one that's all purple and all candy canes, and that's the fad, that's going to give you an additional six points on your turn. Because mm -hmm. the way it works is we're all building sweaters. You can start as many sweaters as you want. Once they get knitted into each other, you can't move the cards anywhere. However, um, if you don't finish that sweater, someone completes their third sweater, those are negative points for you. In fact, they're part of the tiebreaker, too, because right. you didn't complete those sweaters. I love uh, what this game does. This is not my favorite of the Christmas trick-taking games. We'll talk about that in, probably in the next round, I think. Uh, but I like what it does. But the problem is, even if I want to push for this, which I do, I do enjoy this game. I played it at three players. I play at four players. Honestly, three players is actually better. Is it really? It, it's a little shorter. Mm -hmm. Just slightly shorter. And it's a little convoluted in the aspect just because they're trying to do something different, especially with the draft and stuff like that. It's not easier to play than Santa and Krampus because if you're familiar with the Yahtzee theme, you know how to do it. The fact that it's got Santa and Krampus is more than likely that that's going to get to the table there. Uh, the replay value aspect of it, yeah, yeah, the game pretty much plays the same. There's no expandability. Dice Throne has, like, different sets. You can play Santa against the uh, Gunslinger. You can play Santa against Wolverine that's going to be coming out here soon. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's that. Uh, I think there's slightly, or there is more meaningful choice in Ugly Sweaters because you have to play the trick-taking aspect of this one, where in that one you're more beholden to your dice rolls sure. yeah. because you're trying to make sets and stuff like that, and you get three rolls, all like Yahtzee. Uh, but 
I get more into the game immersion aspect of it. I don't really feel like I'm making sweaters. I'm just putting cards together. Sure. But I like everything about what Ugly Christmas Sweater. It just it went up against a heavy heater. A heavy yeah, heater. it did. And, you know, and I didn't dislike it. It's just it, for for everything that it did, I feel like there, we had this discussion for a different game earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it feels like everything else does something differently. The only thing that I thought was really unique was the double was the double suited cards. Yeah. Which that is pretty interesting. And the, the, what I did mention about how you do it is like, so if I lead a trick and it's a, let's say it's a, a seven yellow bell, everybody else has to follow in suit, like always. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can either, you either play a yellow or you play a bell. bell. So you can play off the color if you're playing a bell. Yeah, you can play a red bell or a yellow tree. Yeah, and whatever. the thing about that, what's cool about that is there's two different trumps. There's the super trump, which is the number, mm-hmm. and then there is the trendy yarn, which is the color, basically the trump color. So if I'm playing a, a seven yellow bell, and you play, let's say, the uh, six uh, red bell, and red is the trendy yarn, you're winning the trick because you're leading the trick. Yes. There is a special thing, too. It's called the super-duper trump, and uh, that's what I call it. Because if you play the trendy yarn in the perfect fit number, you're going to win the trick no matter what. So say it's like a two-bell, and the two is the trendy fit. No one's going to beat you on that one, especially if you're playing it as a two-bell red, which is not likely but because the way the cards work. But there is certain ways to play it. Like And what's neat about it, just like with other trick-taking games... If you can't follow suit, you can play off suit. If you play a card that is in the the Trump the suit, trendy, yeah. you're gonna win the the, the 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 trick. So it plays well, well as a trick Trump number. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, but it, the problem that I had with it was that among many, uh, no, there wasn't many, but there was one significant problem that I had. It is that I both really liked the fact that your the cards that you bid on become the next cards that. That you're that you're playing off of. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the four cards, like if we're playing a four player game, the four cards that we play in the trick become the next ones that we bid on to build the sweaters. I like that, but at the same time, you're never winning a trick. It, you're just getting first to pick. And if there's a lot of good options, like I I don't want to play a trick taking game where I feel like, oh I'm playing really poorly, but I'm fine. You know, I, no I want to lose because I'm playing badly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have that consolation prize like, oh, well, if you play, or if you do really good in a trick, it's like, well, I still don't want any of these cards. Yeah. Now, and I, I'm forced I, to play something good. And it's just like, I both love that and dislike that at the same time. That was my only quarrel with it, really. No, so, no. I, that being I get said, that. I think you and I agree, though. Yeah, it's Dice Throne. Dice Throne moves on. All right. But we gave Ugly Sweater. Yeah, no, and it, it is a fun game. I do yeah. enjoy it. Uh, I also like the fact that, like, in a three-player game, the only variant to it is, because there's four cards out sure. there, the one that doesn't get picked stays out there. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the next seed. We have number three seed, Ghost of Christmas, versus our number six seed, Animal Upon Animal, Christmas Edition. Okay. Do we need to debate this? Probably not, but let's give okay. it its due. That's You'll me, start. huh? Yep. And I get Ghost of Christmas. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> I mentioned this earlier that this this was coming. This is my favorite uh, trick-taking game mm-hmm. uh, that deals with Christmas. And honestly, it's probably my favorite Christmas game. Yeah. 
just for two reasons. One, I love trick-taking so much. And two, it's based off one of my things. We just mentioned it earlier. It's based off a Christmas carol. Uh, what I like about this one, too, is really neat aspect of it is that you're playing three different tricks at one time. Uh, so mm -hmm. if, say, uh, Danny over here leads, and he leads in the past, and he plays, let's say, a yellow uh, number, a yellow seven or something like that, mm -hmm. um, I'm like, I don't want to play in there because there's no really good chance that I'm going to win the, that trick. And sometimes that's good. Uh, maybe I will do play in there because I'll explain why this is important for a minute. But I can decide to play and say the present and therefore i'm forcing everybody else to play on that trick way i want to set it up so maybe i want to win the present for a certain reason uh or like okay i gotta play in the past when you're playing a four player game the fourth player is kind of screwed if everybody's already played in there and they have to play in one of the tricks but i like that aspect of it is that you can decide okay i don't want to play over there right now so i'm going to set it over here and i'm going to set this trick here my big thing about Ghost of Christmas is the base game of it, you're basically bidding. It's a bidding trick-taking game. You're trying to say, hey, I'm going to get two tricks or three tricks or something like that. And if you get your bid, uh, you get your bid right, you get your points and bonus points as well. If you don't, you get nothing. I prefer the Tiny Tim variant because you can shoot the moon. And yes. That's one of my favorite things to do in a trick-taking game. In fact, yes. I it, it even tells you play with the tiny tim variant when you first start playing it i think that should be the true be rules the yes and the variant should be the bidding aspect yes. of it because the tiny tim variant is so much fun if you don't take a single trick that round you get six points that can put you in the lead because everybody else is just getting points based on the tricks yes. that they take mm -hmm. i love that aspect of this game uh but all in all either way i can play it i just prefer the tiny tim variant mm -hmm. It's a little convoluted in the rules if people aren't familiar with trick-taking games. With I, I've been teaching these to, to people who aren't familiar. Now they're familiar with them, so yeah. they, they like They have game. no choice not to be familiar <laughs> Yeah, because I love trick-taking. But yeah, this is by far one of my favorite games on this list, and I think it should move on over Animal Upon Animal, which is a nice game, but it's a stacking game where you're rolling a die, and it again, same reason of uh, Letters to Santa. It's the same game wherever you play it across the board. Can, if you don't mind, can you pull it up on Board Game Geek? I want to look at it real quick to see what animals are included with it. So Animal Upon Animal, the Christmas edition, it, it's a Christmas version of a classic game called Animal Upon Animal. Mm -hmm. And this is normally a two to four player game where you're stacking animals upon, uh, originally it's like an alligator, it's a wider animal, but you're stacking these animals on top of it and to the point where you're going to be... Um, and it's uh, also based on the die roll too because you're also playing... Yes. Yeah. You either do one, two, or you hand one, or somebody picks one for you, something like that. And when you place the animal on top of the pile, if it stays, good, you've gotten rid of it. First to get rid of all their animals wins. Mm -hmm. However, if you try to set it up there and some fall off, well then you take those and those are added to your supply, thus making it harder to get that version. Um, we're going to see which animals are in there uh, real quick. There's trees, there's, there's squirrels. There's Christmas trees, it's on top of a snowy mountain, there's some sleighs. Um, some squirrels, some reindeer, uh, some penguins, and that looks to be about it. Oh, and a star. Okay. So that's pretty thematic. Um, it doesn't appear that there's any different. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's it. exactly the same game. 
Just with better or different and, meeples. And here's the thing: like I would normally argue for the tactics part of or the skill part of it because yeah. I think dexterity has a lot of skill involved mm-hmm. with it. However, you you're right; you do roll a die. So if I just keep rolling and I give my pieces to everybody else, well then I'm not. <laughs> you're not playing the game. I'm you're not just playing handing the stuff game. off. I'm just handing stuff <laughs> off. So I mean. I, I love Animal Upon Animal, but there's really no no way we can have it go up against Ghost of Christmas mm-hmm. and win. So, let's move on, Ghost of Christmas. And we'll have that argument later. With some actually really good Christmas games coming up here. Yep. Two of our favorites right now, Battle for the Lightweight Card Games. We're going to go our fourth round. That, that was a short one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 12 Days versus Holly Jolly. You're starting us off. You're probably going to get mine. And you're going to get mine. Probably. Which so we, we each own like. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And not the same. I got 12 days. <laughs> there you go. All right. So 12 days I did enjoy. It's a fun game. It's based off the uh, 12 Days of Christmas song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's there's a... That amount of cards, I can't remember how much it is. But yeah, the, it's, it's called a pyramid deck. So yeah, there's 12, so it's 12 geese. Of, there's 12 cards. geese laying. There's only one partridge in a pear tree, because it's based off that. And what you're doing is you're basically gonna take your your hand, and you're gonna give one card to the left, and then you're going to play a card, uh, uh, bet against other people, and yeah, whoever you plays all play simultaneously. Yeah, all simultaneous. Whoever plays lowest basically is taking the points. It starts with one all the way to 12. Mm-hmm. Whoever plays the lowest card takes the point. Um, it's a fun aspect, but and then at the end of the game, you're not only scoring the cards that you took, if you have the most of a certain card, you actually score the points based off that card. So if mm-hmm. I have five 10 cards and you guys are splitting the other 10 cards or I played the 10 cards, I'm getting 10 points because I had the most of the, the specific cards. Uh, it's interesting. I like it. It's very simple, very quick. Uh, mm-hmm. we played this in like 10, 15 Beautiful. minutes. It's I love the stained glass look of this yes, game. It is that gorgeous. Art is gorgeous. Not to say that Holly Jolly isn't gorgeous. I love the Holly retro. I love the retro toys and yes. ornaments that they had on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was Cali- Cali- Calliope. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So Calliope Games. Uh, they're known for like Roll for It and some mm-hmm. other bigger games. Uh, this one right up there with Roll for It. It's really good. Nice mm-hmm. little filler game. A great Christmas game. I did have one issue with it, and I'll bring it up right now. It's just that sometimes you're basically beholden to the way the deck turns up because I never saw anything below a five. And yeah, there's sure. there's only three or four fours, three uh, three, so that's seven right there. Right. Nine. There's only ten cards less than a five, uh, so the odds are not in my favor to see something like that. So it's just when you play the bidding and stuff like that. And every time I tried to play the bidding, uh, the bidding game, I always got beat. So, like, my lowest card, like I said, was a five. When I played it, I got beat by a three or beat mm-hmm. by a four. So it's it's kind of eh. But, honestly, it's not enough to hamper, hamper my like for this game. I did right. enjoy it. Uh, honestly, I don't know how we're going to go through this because both are really easy. <laughs> right. It, well, and you also got to keep in mind, right, like, I know you're saying, like, oh, you never got anything below a five. Out of those cards, like mathed out, I think it's like 84 cards or something like that in the deck, mm-hmm. 10 of those are below 5. That's it. Yeah. So, like, that makes sense. And then going for the majorities at the end, that's that's where it becomes interesting. So, yeah. like, I feel like that's a good balance between it. Yeah, it, I'm not going to Because we're wrong. also expending our cards to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying, right. like, if 
I can't get points uh, to my thing, even if I have the majorities. I'm not in it. Like, I got crushed. My, yeah, you and our mutual friend Dom were pretty right. close, a few parts points apart. I got 17 points out of... Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you got hosed. Uh, yeah, you got, I think it was like 50-some-odd points. He got yeah. like 40-something. I got 17 points. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, all right, the... Holly Jolly, this is the game that you own. Mm -hmm. This is about building a tree, taking ornaments, taking tinsel, um, and using those to draft cards that score in various ways. Mm -hmm. Most of the cards score in ways that are, uh, the more you have of a certain kind of card, the more points it's worth. Then you have some other cards that have little special abilities, like uh, you'll gain points for if you have the most of these, or if you have the most of this kind, then it's doubled points. Or you, some are just flat points, however much they are. But then you also have um, some cards that are face down, whether they're stocking or present cards underneath the tree. Stocking is always face down. Yeah, stocking is always face down. Uh, uh, presents, presents are face are up. Face up. Mm -hmm. and, but they're always under the tree, and you will have a choice of two of those available. And the way it works is simple. The the uh, the four, sorry. Um, the two sides. Is two sides, yeah. yeah. But the four, four total. And the way it works is pretty simple. The three cards that are in the middle of the tree, that make up the middle of the tree... Are either tinsel or lights and right mm -hmm. tinsel or lights mm -hmm. and they each have they all have a value you're gonna choose one of the face-up ones that are available and place it onto the tree covering up either a tinsel or a light and then the the style that you put down you're gonna add up all of the cards of that type, type yep. and add up the number and that's the number of what value card you can buy mm -hmm. so if I put down Let's say there's two tinsel and a light that has four value, and I put down a light of five value on top of one of the tinsel, then that means I have a total of nine lights, and therefore I could buy a card that is exactly costing nine. Nine. There's which no going specifically, down. exactly, that's on purpose, because it's not that the higher valued are, are more valuable, it's just harder to get. So you have to plan that accordingly. Especially because you if you're trying one. for the star, too, at the top, because... That's true, yeah. Uh, you can only ever get one star in the game, but it's six points. So yes. Yeah, and it's huge, right? Yeah. And so the way that the cards lay out is really neat. You have the ornaments and all the stuff on the... Or the lights and the tinsel in the middle. You have the ornaments of different types along the side. And it makes up the tree itself. Mm -hmm. And then the presence being underneath it, it adds... It's a cool little idea of drafting. And that drafting mechanism, I fell in love with that. I like that I, a lot. That was a cool drafting Yeah, game. I just like that idea of like, oh, well, like, you feel really clever. I'll move this two over here. That makes a four. I'll buy this card, which will be perfect. Now, Some of if, them will allow you to get something from under the tree, too. Exactly. So if you don't get something uh, like an exact value or you just don't want to get any of those, the tree has two different sides. One's uh, valued zero through five. five, and the other side is six or more, mm -hmm. and you got to pick it. And if it's stocking, it's face down. It might be coal. Bummer. Yeah. But that's your risk that you're doing. Um, if it's a present, it's face up, but then... You and then they'll score exactly different ways, too. And they'll score in different ways. So it's a fun little set collection. If you like stuff like Sushi Go, mm -hmm. this is really up there. Um, cool drafting idea. Cool mechanism. Personally, I mean, I know I've said this before. The, this is already in my top, like, five <laughs> Christmas games of all time. But... I don't. I think I still like Twelve Days just a little bit better myself. Honestly, so, uh, I can understand why you like it better yeah. than yourself because you only played it at the two version, two player version of it, which they took certain things out. Yes. So there, the the soldiers were taken out and the snowflakes were taken out for this two player version of them, which those are like if you're collecting them, mm -hmm. 
they they compound points so one three five stuff gotcha. like that so you, the set collection part of it and when i played a four player version of this those became very important because my wife and our mutual friend or my friend angel they were fighting over soldiers and i noticed that they were doing like the soldiers and then yep. angel and his wife were fighting over the snowman which would give you if you have the most it gives you each snowman is worth four points if you ha don't have the most you, each snowman is only worth two points yeah. let them fight over it that's fine i started collecting the uh i think it's the snowflake ornaments that's what yes. the, uh so i started collecting those and that's where i made santa heads the whole time yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the santa heads allow you to get things under thing the the rocking or the rocking horses allow you bonuses in a sense so if you have the most stockings then you get this so you get four points if you yeah. do this so i like the different aspects of it I really did enjoy this at a four-player game because it gives more nuance to what you're doing. Sure. Uh, and there's only, uh, we just realized this when we are playing it, there's only two sets of uh, caboose and uh, trains. Oh, wow. Uh, so one, uh, that I got one. Our friend uh, Maria got the, the uh, an entire set. And me and my friend Angel split a set because I took a, uh, a train engine because I wanted to see if a caboose would come up. And that's when we found out there's only two when the game was over because <laughs> we went through a lot of the stack. Yeah. I do do enjoy Holly Jolly more than 12 Days. Like I said, they, uh, 12 Days is fine. Holly Jolly's really climbed up on my uh, Christmas list. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to eventually buy this because I did really like it. And honestly, 25th but Century did a really good job. And I have another ver another 25th Century Christmas game that I just haven't played yet, and that, yep. that's Christmas Lights. Yeah, which we hopefully will soon. All right. Um, so let's break it down. Ease of play, I think that does go to 12 Days. 12 Days. I yes. agree wholeheartedly there. Now, replay value, um, now, 12 days scales really well. I think it's like up to six players. Uh, Holly and, Jolly, I think, is only four, maybe five. Yeah. Let me see. I can look four, yeah, I think it was four. Four. Okay, so two to four. Yeah. Uh, and I know 12 days is at least, it's like three to I will five. say this about Holly Jolly. At a full contingent, it plays just as fast as a two-player game. Okay, that's it, but it was still a lot longer than twelve days. Twelve days, yeah. Yeah, twelve days was was lightning fast, but there is more variability. Although I'm I'm not sure that you would necessarily, other than like the changes between gameplay, I don't know if that you'd necessarily see anything different from one game to another. So I think those are the same. Yeah, you're really gonna see the same just as much. You only need to play it once, and you know the no, whole game. no, the whole game. Yeah, yeah. Um, expandability. There's no expansions for either of them. The only thing that really. Um... Uh, Holly Jolly has his promo cards. Like, right. I got the Dice Tower promos in there. Right, exactly. So, promos, like, we yeah, don't count We anymore. count them, yeah. So, I mean, they have the same scale, the mm -hmm. same uh, three different player counts. They have the same that. So, I think we have to give replay value just simply because of how fast 12 days, days is. goes, yeah. That's barely it, though. A meaningful choice, though. <laughs> Go ahead. Again, you can get hosed. I, I think there's a little bit more meaningful choice than Holly Jolly because... It's pretty much open information for everything you see. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows, hey, that's your move you're going to do because it makes sense yeah. for you to go get your star because that's where you're going to get sure. your point. Or, okay, maybe I'll do this because I could choose to go for this, but, man, I'm collecting these snowflakes. Maybe I'll do this because now I can get that snowflake, and now sure. it's going to be 15 points for me rather than 7 points. There's a lot of, like, where you're thinking about what you're doing. You get hoes sometimes yeah. in... Um, 12 days, yeah, you're saying it's like 10 cards out of an 80-card deck and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. But it's 
Uh, yeah, it's kind of like the Trump suit. No, I, I get that, and I do agree with it. The only the only bad thing is that I would say about Holly Jolly, as far as meaningful choice goes, is that um, or actually I would say this as a good thing. Like even if you only have one choice, because there was one point where we were playing it mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you could do either a two light, a two light, or a two light. Yeah. And you were like, well, gee, I know which one I'm gonna do. Choosing which card to cover up, though, yeah, that did matter. That that mitigated and, that and aspect. That of it. was already a step in the right direction. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you only have one choice, but your second choice that turn, yeah, <laughs> then then mitigates that stuff. Yeah. And then uh, off of that too is like, I don't like any of those ornaments out there. I can go for a present. Present of the tree. So, so I can choose either for the tree right. thing or hey, look, this matches this this Christ, or the Santa hat. Yeah. I can get the Santa head and I get a present from under the tree. Mm-hmm. So it's just really good choices in there. Sure. Yeah. I I, I will give meaningful choice to uh, what Holly Jolly. Holly Jolly. Because <laughs> uh, it's brain, brain fart. Now, game immersion. Um, you have fun either way. Mm-hmm. That, that drafting is fun. The memorable moments there there is some memor quite a few memorable moments in twelve days when you flip the cards like oh you had the one yeah you know? or you had the the Santa and the Mrs Claus card which we didn't talk about in twelve oh, yeah, days oh yeah that's yet, true is that you pretty much automatically win the trick except you had to give that card to somebody else which is super interesting and then I didn't also specify this is that when everyone bids the same card like if you and me each put down a three. And our mutual friend... Put down, like, a 10. Like, a 10. Our threes cancel each other out, and the 10 gets it. It's only if it's mutual. And then if, for some reason, all of us cancel out, because we all play the same number or multiple pairs or whatever, then it gets set aside and goes as an extra gift to the next round. So, there's a lot of meaningful choice and a lot of depth to both Mm -hmm. of them. But I do think with all of the different options... Um, I think that helps eliminate some of the arbitrary choices that 12 Days has versus Holly Jolly. So, meaningful choice. Oh, I'm sorry. I went back to meaningful choice. Game Game immersion, though. Just the wrap, unwrapping the present, the cards under the trees. Yeah. You know, like that, that's great. Like, going, all right, let's see what's in the stocking. Oh, Oh, oh. not again. No. (laughs) It's funny. That, uh, uh, doing that, um, my buddy only got one stocking. He got the rocking horse that doubles the points of the stocking beforehand. Oh, no. So that's why he went for a stocking and it was calling like, two times zero is zero. That's right. Yeah. No, game immersion, I, I, I'll i probably give it to Holly Jolly as well. All right. So two, number two, two. two. Art and production. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm, here's mm-hmm. the thing. The art. Is this is the, what sets it bar none. This is tough because I love that stained glass look. I, I love... But I, I also like the retro look that Holly Jolly sure, gives, too. Sure, the retro look is fine. It's good. But, man, is it, like, right, legitimately so pretty. Here's my I thing. Mean, we'll, we'll come back to the art. We'll, don't worry about it. Okay. Pieces and component. They're both card games. Both card games. Same which, is, which has the better card quality. I think they both have the same, but I I don't have 12 days with me, but I know they're both good quality cards. Yeah, good linen finish on good them. Good linen finish. Like they Shuffle well. really well. Shuffle really well. Yeah, it's hard to say. And the graphic design was really clear for both of them. Both of them. Yes. Yeah, so it's just going to come down to the art. In all honesty, I don't know if either one of us can agree on that. I Do you prefer the art on Holly Jolly? I do. Uh, sometimes the stained glass yeah. was hard for me to see just because my colorblind is different than your color. Sure, yeah. Okay, then you know what? I think the only fair thing... Well, I mean, I think... I I'm going to redo it, though. You're going to refresh it? Yeah. Okay. So if you're still listening with us, whether Illuminous, Mario Fanatics, or anybody else, um, a corrupt 
please let us know if you have a vote for either of those. Go check it out real quick. We're gonna look, we're gonna refresh the votes on Facebook because we need your votes oh, yep. right now. All right, let's see. Uh, giving right. it a few seconds. That's right. Here's the refresh. All right, give it a little time to load up. Yep. Let's see if any of our it hasn't changed. Our people are still here. No, we only had twenty we, votes. We had that 20, means yeah. was two for each of the. Okay. So ten percent is two votes. Yep. All right. So not play many Christmas or other. Well, go look at the art and tell us which one you <laughs> think is pretty. We just did the refresh and we got to keep moving on. So I know we will. But Mario Fanatics, by all means, voice your opinion below. I don't know if it'll unseat it unless uh, you and the honestly, are... unless they both do too, yeah. then it's gonna be really tough. So yeah, uh, Holly Jolly moves on, but it's ooh, ooh. just barely. It's gonna be a man. Holly Jolly just cannot catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> no, it can't. All right. So, we're going into the semifinals. Uh, going into this, we have our number two seed versus our number eight seed. Dice Stone, Santa vs. Krampus versus Home Alone. Alone. All right. Uh, and then, of course, our three seed goes to Christmas. Facing our five seed. Facing our five seed, Holly Jolly. All right, here we go. Me? That's you. Dice Throne. Okay. Honestly, what what can we say about Dice Throne itself as a game? What we haven't already said. It's very yeah. fast. It's very quick. In fact, we played the when me and my wife played it. We were done in fifteen minutes because it's that simple. She's like, I haven't played this in a while, so give me a minute. And I just gave her the rundown of the rules, how this works. She's like, Okay, I remember how to play this. It was very simple. <clears throat> if you're a first time player to Dice Throne. Yeah, it can be a little finicky because sure. it does like a like a TCG style thing where you have this phase and then your upkeep phase. Then you have your your uh, not your you get your CP and your draw de uh, draw, and then you have your main phase, and then you have your roll phase, and then you have main phase two, and then you got your your end of turn mm -hmm. stuff. So yeah, it can be finicky, but if you're familiar from TCGs, you'll get this real quick. Yeah, it's not that hard to explain how to play this game either. It's like okay, you're gonna do this. Then once you go into your dice rolling phase, you're gonna do this. You may have cards that say you can play this at any time, or it has to be specifically in the roll phase or specifically in the main phase. Mm -hmm. Everything's well written. I have one issue with that though. It's mm -hmm. well written, but it's so tiny on the side of the card. Sometimes I'm like. My old eyes, low light, which phase is that? But they color code it too, so that's helpful. And uh, they have the icon. Uh, uh, the iconography is very easy to read too, mm -hmm. so on that graphic design. the the This specific version of it is a very fun, uh, both play very yeah. cool uh, aspects. Like Santa's all about that gambling, giving out eggnog, mm -hmm. rolling that dice to heal stuff up, which never worked for me. I didn't roll a heal once out of all the eggnogs that I collected. Uh, but yeah, it's really neat. I also like the fact that you can make your powers better by playing certain cards on your board. So my Holly yeah. Jolly, I think is one of the things that Santa has. Uh, I can increase it to Holly Jolly two and it does a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, also when like, I think one of my big ones is like where you had to roll all the axes, like the ones and the twos and stuff like that. Oh yeah. One of the upgrades on that one is if you roll a straight on there too, or like four of a kind, like I roll all the axes at threes. That does undefendable damage and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So it's really neat. It's very expandable. You don't see, like, just with these two, if I play Santa, I'm not going to see all of his cards until right. maybe three or four times I just play Santa. And that alone right there for the replay value aspect of it is pretty neat. 
that mm-hmm. I could play the same character and still not see everything. Right. Uh, for me, I think this one should go on over Home Alone game, but I do like both a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah, Home Alone game, like, again, you talked about it. Both sides are very unique. One side is playing a mind game with the others, playing Kevin. I mean, it makes sense. Putting down the face-down cards. Some are worth money. Some are traps. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out in the headspace of whoever is playing Kevin it, where they're going to put those cards in mm-hmm. makes it a really, really exciting game. But it's also a little... Nerve-wracking. Uh, uh, well, yes. <laughs> it's nerve-wracking, but it's also less strategic in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, because like that might not be great if you're playing against somebody you don't know. You know, and that and that's something that uh, Dice Stone doesn't necessarily have as a problem. I mean, yeah. other than like AP and whatever. Well, the thing about Dice Throne, I mean, this is the only gripe about it, is the dice rolling. You're beholden when we were talking about arbitrary choices. You, that's it, one of those arbitrary choices where yeah. you're beholden to the dice roll. Now, certain characters have certain mitigation, <laughs> like uh, Santa has mitigation where you sure. can just turn a die to wherever you want yeah. based on what you have. Yeah, a lot of them have stuff like that, you know, yeah. to mitigate it. So as a whole, I mean, Dice Throne is a, it's a shoe in to beat this, but um, as just the Santa versus Krampus, I think it's still Dice Throne. Yeah. I hate to say it, we I think we should still break it down just in case. Yeah, I don't disagree, but I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Are there any that are immediately obvious? I'd say art and production. Art and production is Dice, Dice Throne. Yeah. Um, uh, replay value. Dice Throne. Yeah. Uh, and meaningful choice. Dice, Dice Throne. Throne. Yeah, and it's it's the less only, immersive. Like, yeah. But. It's. Eh, Yes and no. I mean, you do effort compared to Home Alone game, yeah, because you're really getting into being like Merv and can't think of what the other. Sure. Uh, what is the other guy's name? Merv and Sturve. It's not Sturve. Merv is uh, the one of my favorite uh, comedic actors back in the day, like the yeah. bit actors, and then uh, Joe Pesci's Daniel character, Stern, right? Daniel Stern. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I honestly, it's uh, he's a play uh, dice throne replay value dice throne meaningful yeah. choice. Dice Throne, no. Game Immersion, Dice Throne. Yeah, that's a clean sweep for me. Yeah. I don't know about you. No, I would give um, Game Immersion to Home Alone. Okay. But that's that's the only one. All right, so because we forgot to do it uh, going into uh, this uh, set, I forgot to give the, the eliminated game's percentages. Oh, Mind yeah. You, we only had 20%. Uh, Letters to Santa was 0% of the vote. Ugly Sweater, 0% of the vote. Animal Pawn Animal, 0% of the vote. 12 Days, 0% of the vote. And we'll get to Home Alone when we go through the last one. Cool. All right. And now we have Ghosts of Christmas versus Holly Jolly. Here we go. That has a good ring to it, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a nice coin to do. This is a new one, by the way, that we've That one's me, right? This is you. Ghost of Christmas. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> well, I love both of these games. Yeah. But honestly, if I had to put my bias in there, the one I would pick is Ghost of Christmas. Just because... I do love deck, uh, not deck building, trick-taking uh, trick games. Yep. I love them a lot. I have quite a few trick-taking games now. Uh, in, in fact, I think you're the only one, I, I mean, our friend Dom likes them, but you're the only other one who likes trick-taking almost as much as I do. Yeah, probably. Uh, I play a lot of trick-taking. I love a lot of trick-taking games. Uh, in Ghost of Christmas, like I said, I love everything mm-hmm. aspect of it. My only gripe with Ghost of Christmas is the Tiny Tin variant should be the main game, and mm-hmm. the, the bidding should be the variant. Because it even tells you, until you're familiar with this, do only the Tiny right. Tin variant. I'm like, that's how it should be, regardless. This is such a good game. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that it's one of those uh, 
I think it's one of those Japanese trick-taking games yes. that All Play has brought over and rethemed it, and I think this is a great theme on it too. It Again, is. I love Christmas Carol. The art is amazing on mm -hmm. this. Uh, beautiful art on it. Uh, the cardstock's really good. All Play knocked it out of the park with this one. I've played some of their other games, and they've done really, really well on stuff. But this one just it hit to a whole new level for mm -hmm. me. Uh, I, we, I I remember picking this up. We bought this. I bought it at. Um, when we went to Tucson uh, Gaming Con, uh, mm -hmm. when they were working with the Comic Con too, uh, but yeah, it's such a good game. Uh, I think the only one for me personally is Holly Jolly wins Ease of Play, mm -hmm. because and I love the art in this one, but I love Ghost of Christmas art better. I think there's a lot more meaningful choices, yep. and just because you're playing three different tricks, and uh, uh, Ghost of Christmas, the replay value, uh, neither one has expandability. And I, I think another one that replay value would be Holly Jolly, but I still think it's like three to two it's for me to Ghost to Christmas move on to face Dice Throne. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't disagree per se, but here's the thing. Um, Holly Jolly had a lot more depth as far as like what choices you're making. Trick taking always follows the same general idea. Now, what makes this you what makes this unique is the mm -hmm. fact that. The first player to play in either future, uh, past, present, or future sets the suit, and you do have to play in that. But being able to play into a different time frame mm -hmm. makes it just beyond. Like, that's what makes it set apart. This is a really fantastic one. But I do agree with you that it that the Tiny Tim variant should be the standard. Yes. Because when I play this, being slightly off in your bid is incredibly detrimental. detrimental. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it's, it will destroy you. And this caused one of those things where it, it created a very stand-up moment in in the game where when you and I played it with our group, we played it with Tiny Tim, mm -hmm. and we all did very well. When I played it with a different group, he was like, no, we're playing it standard the way we're going to do. We're going to bid. We're going to do all that. And and I was just off by my bids just enough every single time where I'd mess it up. Yeah, I was the same and, way. And then the last, going into the last round, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. I I have a chance to do because I just had a bad hand. So I was like, I have a chance to either do zero or one point. And I was like, and they're already in like the fifteens or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, there's no way I can win no matter what. So I'm gonna aim for zero because I'm losing on my terms. Yeah. I make me lose, not you. I make me lose. I decide when I'm losing, and so that was hilarious. But I had no, I had no chance to get in that last round. I will say this: I don't mind bidding trick-taking games. I was actually excited because sure. this was a bidding. My favorite trick-taking game. game of all time is a bidding game. Yeah, and, and so I was like, I was excited about this one. But uh, the one time I played it as the bid, I will never play it as the bid again. I will yeah. always just play it as the, the tiny Tim one is better. Mm -hmm. It really is, and, and I hundred percent agree with that. I get why people would prefer that, but that is a. Huge mark off for me, like that. Meaningful choices done, mm -hmm. as, as far as I'm concerned, as far as Ghost of Christmas goes, because it would have meaningful choice if it wasn't for that one rule. I mean, and I know every time we play it from now on, it's only gonna be the Tiny Tim variant, and I agree with you. But the fact that the that the publishers made that the main rule, I don't think it should go on, because that's that big of a difference for it, personally. Mm -hmm. Now we'll break it down just to make sure. Ease of play. Holly Jolly. Holly Jolly. I agree. Replay value. Actually, Holly Jolly. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Ghost of Christmas is standard trick-taking. 
my thing is when it comes to what you're saying about um, the meaningful choice aspect of it, to me, it's this part that knocks it. Depth of strategy, tactics, or skill. Sure, that's true. I can, the I can level of, de- of uh, trick-taking is so so in-depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus just getting good stuff or maybe some slightly less good But stuff. I think the other two aspects of meaningful choice is why I would give it to Ghost of Christmas because you do impact other people's strategy mm-hmm. by playing certain things. If you play the trump card too... Yes, that, or like, setting the trick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you can't really make bad ar- or arbitrary choices in Ghost of Christmas without yes. trying to, you know, force the the shooting. And stuff. And even yeah. then, if you're playing the Tiny Tim variant, that's a tactical thing to yes. do too. Like, you or, know what? I'm gonna force myself to lose this trick because hey, yeah, I, that I'm shooting the moon. I'm getting six points. Or the fact that like when when one person wins the past, mm-hmm. they become the leader for the future, which might change the trick. Yeah, exactly. It might change the trump. That's huge on that yeah. game. So, okay, I'll give Meaningful Choice to Ghost of Christmas. That's fair. Um, game Immersion. This one's tough for me. I, 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 Both games are actually fun to lose. I think Holly Jolly is a little bit more fun to lose, and it's just because sometimes if someone who's playing a trick-taking game right. doesn't like trick-taking games. Which one's more thematic, in your opinion? Which one's more thematic? Um, Ghost. Ghost. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's more uh, the player interaction I like about it too, because yeah. like when you're even when you're playing a four player game, it's honestly Holly Jolly can be a a multiplayer solitaire because all mm. I'm doing is like okay, I'm gonna take that card, boom, yep. I'm gonna do this, okay, now I gotta pay attention. How many snowmen do you have? I don't have to worry about that well, because the state of the board changes so much, much between yeah. your turns. You have to mentally check out yeah. until it's your turn anyway. And that's the only time you can realistically consider. But with like the game immersion aspect of it with Goes to Christmas, yeah, you're playing in the three. That fits to the Christmas yep. Carol theme. Yep. As well as what I like about it, too. It leads to a lot of table talk. Why would you put that there? Yep. Oh, God. Now i got to make sure I uh, win the present trick because yep. I want to set the suit for the future yep. trick. Okay. So game immersion, you're thinking... Uh, Goes to Christmas. Goes to Christmas. And art and production. So it comes down to art and production again. Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Honestly, I mean, the art and production is fine on Ghost of Christmas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the wreath tokens, I don't like all that much. Yeah, I don't, care for, I don't care for them it's either. It's fine. Um, the dials for setting the... Honestly, the, 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 wreath, okay. the wreath tokens are only used if you're doing the bidding version sure. of it. And yeah. so, same with the doors. If you're just doing the, the score track... Oh, I forgot about the little tiny doors. Yeah, yeah you have the tiny doors. Uh, that's the impact of the, the bidding, actually. Yeah. Honestly, I have no problem taking those out of my little Ghost of Christmas thing and just yeah. leaving the score track and the cards, yeah. because I don't need those uh, if I'm just playing the Tiny Tim variant. But yeah, they're right. they're fine. They're they're nice little cardboard pieces. They sure. they're not really going to do anything for you. But I think the art is better on Holly Jolly. I see. I like the art a lot in Ghost of Christmas. Really, I love the art in Ghost of Christmas. No, well, I I think the art for uh, for uh, on um, uh, Ghost of Christmas. The, the Christmas Carol Muppet one has better art. Oh, sure, yeah, <laughs> sure. But I love the art on the Ghost of Christmas. Um, okay, so piece, we're coming down to art and production again. And and graphic I, design. Pieces and components, I agree with you. Are, uh, when it comes to the actual Holly Jolly stuff, it's better. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Just because I agree with you, the, the tokens are just kind of... Su- su- yeah, they're fine. Yeah, superfluous. Fine. Superfluous, there we go. Yeah. Uh, graphic design. Hmm... I mean, it's hard to mess up a uh, a trick-taking game. Yeah, that's true. It's doable. Yeah. 
We've seen. We've seen in this list, no less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, to vote again? No, to vote again. I'm just looking at the red lettering on the green background for Ugly Christmas Sweater. I know that's the point, but man, that hurts. That hurts the eye, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's All see. right. I didn't see anything. I just did the refresh. Um, yeah. I'm going to click this. Uh, so we have... Goes for Christmas, 1% of the vote. To 9% of Holly Jolly. So someone just recently voted. We yeah. got 21 votes. Yeah. All right. All right. Holly, Holly Jolly moves, moves on. on. Which I'm okay with. Yeah, so am I. I mean, I like both of these games. Holly Jolly has just had a tough time, and I think this is where it's going to end for it, though. It might. It might. We'll find out. All right, so Ghost of Christmas and Home Alone were the ones that recently eliminated. Home Alone uh, has no uh, votes, so 0% of the vote. Mm -hmm. And Ghost of Christmas, I think we said, had 1%? Yep, 1% yep, of the vote. All right. Now our finale, our final round, which is the best Christmas game, Dice Throne, Santa vs. Krampus, or Holly Jolly. Now, again, this final round, we do not flip the coin of doom. We do not uh, flip the cup of doom either. <laughs> we do not pull from that. We simply break it down category by category, trying to give the most unbiased way that we can. There is one that immediately sticks out to me. Uh, I'm assuming... Actually, there's two that immediately stick One out to sticks me. out to me immediately. Art and production. That's Art and production. Down. That's Dice Room. I do think ease of play goes to Holly Jolly. I, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of, like, we're, we're okay with it because we play magic, but there's a lot of different things to consider when, when even rolling the dice. So one other one I say it looks easy enough for me is Meaningful Choice. Uh, like, again, you're beholden to the dice roll. There is arbitrary choices. There is some mitigation, but not a lot. Holly Jolly, you are all over uh, what your decisions are going to be. Are you saying that that's a pro for Holly Jolly? That's a pro for Holly Jolly. In the I, ooh. Because you don't impact other players. You the, can. And you, I mean, yeah, you take a card that they want, sure. You are directly impacting the other players in... in oh, uh, yeah, because it's a battle game. But the depth of how you do that. Yes, I get that you are beholden to some random. But the the fact of how many different options you have, how you're able to use your CP to modify things... How the different characters feel in those different ones. I'm okay with coming back to it, but I really think meaningful choice would be dice throw. But now that makes me think, game immersion, or no replay value, that is without a doubt uh, dice throw. Yeah. So my my only issue here, it, it it's just an issue that I have, and we've agreed to let this go through. It's just that. Dice Throne was already a good game, yes. and then they put a Christmas theme yes. on it. Holly Jolly is specifically a game made for Christmas. Right, which matters for game immersion. Mm -hmm. But for meaningful choice, though, that doesn't affect it. Yeah, no, we're talking about like the replay value. Yes. Uh, so replay value, I think we got to give the Dice Throne. But game immersion, now that I think about it, you're right. Um, it, I, when I think santa and christmas i don't think battling head to head yeah and especially battling like gunslinger and like marvel <laughs> characters like i don't think that but decorating a christmas tree that's something we do every year and that In is fact, a very specific way to do it is which ornaments am i going to get how am i going to top my tree how mm -hmm. am i going to do this so that makes a lot of sense so i would give game immersion absolutely to holly jolly okay so that's two and two which means it goes down to meaningful choice
impacting other players. Let's think about that. Well, it's a head-to-head, so it's always going to impact yeah. other players. You're, yes. And, and then if you're playing the co-op, that's going to impact other players, But too. not just, like, the fact that you're beating other players up. Because that could be done, like, Hero Realms and Star Realms doesn't have, like, much player interaction or impact on other players' strategy. That, that's just your, just, that, they're your timer, is all that is. Yeah. But the fact is, on that, is what, all of the different choices you're making, is that directly impacting how the other players can play? And that very much does. If you have a heavy-hitting character like Krampus, I'm going to go lean into defense with Santa. That's going to impact my strategy. Good luck with getting I'm defense gonna, on strategy with Santa. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to focus on sharing as much. I'm not going to give you the tools that you need for that. That's mm-hmm. why I feel like that's where it's way more impactful versus... And, and that's why Holly Jolly, I feel, has a lot of arbitrary choices because all of the choices are good. Yeah, but the, when you're you're saying Holly Jolly has arbitrary choices and all the di- or the the choices are good. Yes. If one person's rolling better than another person is in dice throwing, that's yes. that's arbitrary choice too. Like there's some mitigation, but there's not like if I'm throwing. But it's more dynamic. Eh. In a way, right? You eh. know, like because yeah, there's mitigation. There's ways to deal with it depending on what character you have and what strategies you've prepped before. But Holly Jolly, like it literally is like I could probably pick a random and. Get a good card. Yeah, but There's... that's not that's not a knock to the game because, in all honesty, if you want to go with arbitrary choices, my dice rolls were kicking my butt last time, uh, and it was based on what I was throwing. Fair enough. So, and there was like you know, on a defense roll, I'm rolling my dice, and if I don't get something out of that dice roll, I only get to yeah. roll it once unless I have a specific card in the CP to pay for that card to re-roll it or switch my die face and stuff yeah. like that. So not only are you beholden to the dice rolls, you're also beholden to how your deck is drawing up. So if all your good cards towards the bottom of your deck, you're not getting some of the better cards out early. Like sure. the one that the, the, the I think is like a two and a three that uh, upgrades your defense, which gives you more dice to throw mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Both of those were at the bottom of my deck. So there was no way I was going to be able to upgrade my, my defense. Enough. So right, it's like so if then, you're knocking Holly Jolly for arbitrary choices, I'm beholden to dice rolls in a deck shuffle. Fair enough. No, that's that's a solid argument. Alright, so are you saying that part's a wash? I are will saying... say Holly that uh, meaningful choice is a wash. Because in oh, the whole category. I was talking specifically arbitrary choices. But, well, yeah, but the depth of strategy, tactics, and skills, something like that, you don't again you're you're beholden to certain aspects. Yeah, if you play your cards right at the right time, do I have those cards in my hand? Do I have the CP? If Krampus is blocking me from gaining CP, now I don't have the cards in my hand that I need. Or if I really need this one card, I have to sell all these other good cards to get the CP because I got blocked from getting uh, CP because of Krampus. <laughs> My Krampus is so fun, isn't it? He's very overpowered. It, 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 what's funny is he's also supposed to be the more difficult one. <laughs> Santa is just, how do I mitigate all of this? Yeah, that's fair. All right, so we'll call Meaningful Choice a wash, which ties it up. Uh, yep, yeah, 2-2, two, two, uh, and we'll go to the fan vote one more time. Nice little refresh here. I already know what it's going to be because... Yep. But it might have changed. Who knows? <laughs> At 21 votes? No, it has not. It Holly not. Jolly did put up a fight. It's got 9% of the vote. Okay. Compared to uh, Dice Throne, Santa versus Krampus, at 42%. Almost half our votes was Dice Throne, Santa Krampus. Yep. 
Yep, so that is the big winner. Santa versus Krampus, Dice Stone. Good job. You won the best Christmas game. Nice. But if you want a pure Christmas game, Holly Jolly oh, is Holly also Jolly, really yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, does it really embody Christmas? No. No. But, you know, well, Holly Jolly does. Uh, Santa versus Krampus. It's the best Christmas-themed game, though. Yes. Yes. All right, cool. Well, there you have it. Dice Stone, best Christmas game. Was that a surprise to you, actually? I'm surprised Holly Jolly went as far as it did, because it, it did. went up some heavy hitters. 12 Days, and then it followed that up with Ghost of Christmas, and then it had to go up against Dice Throne. Yeah. And put up put up a fight with Dice Throne, too. But here's the thing. like Out of all of these, though, there's only one of them. Like uh, Home Alone is thematic. Yes. But there's only one that I really feel Christmassy playing, and that's Holly Jolly. Holly so Jolly, yeah. Well, 12 Days is right there, too, but it's basically just a ladder... Uh, yeah, it's just a just a bidding game. That's yeah. all it is, right? I don't like. I don't. That game doesn't make me want to. Holly go. Jolly actually makes you feel Christmas because you're decorating the tree, you're yes. grabbing presents from under the tree, yes. you have stocking. There's coal in it, maybe. Yep, they have different values for different reasons. Yeah. And I, I do love the art in Holly Jolly just because I love that retro uh, aspect of it. I do have the Dice Tower promos, so those are pretty cool too. So you got like a Dice Tower, and it's got a board game, and there's one other one. I think yeah. it's a die or something like that. So, or a uh, set of dice, that's what it is, uh, polyhedral oh, there dice. You go. There you go. So, yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, this was actually a fun one. Uh, next week is going to be fun, too. Uh, yep. We're going to continue our Christmas stuff. Uh, next week is going to be stocking stuffers. Yeah, we're going to be doing a chits and giggles talking about our best stocking stuffer games. Um, now, quick question for you. Are you going to limit to games that we can currently buy? That's my plan. Okay. I will uh, do the you, same. You do however you want to do it, but that's my plan. Cool. Awesome. So, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to join us on a live episode, you certainly can. Like our friends Illuminous, Corrupt Senate, or Mario Fanatic. Join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. And please, please follow us there so that way you can be notified when we go live. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube under youtube.com slash every, at everydayboardgamespodcast. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. If you ever want to contact us directly, it's very easy. Whether it's to enter in future contest ideas, just to give us ideas for future episodes, or even just to reach out and say hi, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and now Apple. All right, so we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming. <laughs>